93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And it is Monday, November 18th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Two young children were inside an SUV that was stolen on Sunday, uh, but they've been found safe and reunited with their mother. The SUV was stolen outside the Happy House Chinese Restaurant in the 900 block of West 9th Street at about 9.30 in the evening. Police issued an alert with the vehicle description a short time later. Fortunately, the vehicle with the nine-month-old boy and six-year-old boy inside was found less than two blocks away. The children appeared to be unharmed, but were being checked out by medics. The SUV was found by two women who saw the vehicle blocking their driveway. Uh, The person who stole the SUV remains at large. Anyone with information is urged to contact Chester Police or call 911. By the way, the Happy House is the most Instagrammable Chinese restaurant in the world. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) It's like that place in King of Prussia. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. At least 10 people have been shot and four are dead after Fresno, California police say a suspect opened fire as a family gathered uh, at their home on Sunday to watch a football game. Officers responded to a home located about three blocks just south of the Fresno International Airport just before 8 p.m. on Sunday. Police say about 45 people were at the home to watch a football game on television. The suspect snuck into the backyard and opened fire on the 10 people that were in the yard. The other 35 people were inside the house and they were not injured. Police officials say the six victims are currently being treated at the hospital. Uh, hospital officials say the shooting victims, uh, among the shooting victims, two are in critical condition, three are in critical but stable, and another victim was grazed by a bullet. When officers arrived, they found three people who had already died from their injuries. The fourth victim died at the hospital. Police have also not yet released a description of the suspect or a possible motive. Uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives announced late Sunday night that they will be sending agents in from San Francisco field office to assist in the investigation of the shooting. Kind of sounds like uh, gang stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, crazy. Police are investigating after your sinus college student uh, reported an attempted Uh, abduction... uh. Sorry, on Sunday. What Uranus. Yeah. What is it? Ursinus. 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 Whatever. Sinus. Does anyone Whatever. care about that school anyway? <laughs> I don't know. People who don't have polio might. The uh, <laughs> incident happened. Because that's where the cure came from, right? Mm-hmm. Jonas mm-hmm. Salk. What, what? Okay, what? <laughs> anyway, what's this story yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what is that Jonas about? Jonas Salk went to school there. Jonas Salk, uh, who created the vaccine for went polio, to that school? went to a yeah. school. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, so the incident is an, an attempted abduction, apparently, on, the, on a girl. The incident oh, happened whoa. at 2.15 in the morning at 6th Avenue near Main Street in Collegeville. According to police, the student said a silver Honda, possibly in accord with a Pennsylvania license plate, pulled up. Three males with ski masks on got out of the car and took wow. a hold of the student's arm, police say. Uh, she said the males were laughing and shouted an expletive at the student. When the student yelled for help, the males got back into the vehicle and sped away. The suspects were distracted. Described as tall, thin, white males, possibly college aged. Two of the males were wearing uh, black clothing, while a third was wearing a burgundy Penn State sweatshirt. Anyone with information is asked to contact the campus police or Collegeville police. If they see now that it, okay, they, obviously they have to take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Could have been somebody playing a stupid prank, but you yeah, can't, no, yeah. cannot mess around with something like that. So clearly, they got to treat this like they were trying to. And maybe they were trying to abduct somebody. That's terrifying. It's yeah. a it's a safe area. Yeah. It's, it's a nice area, and you wouldn't expect something like that. So you I, need I, to be on your guard at any time. I agree. I think uh, now we don't know what it went down. But when I when I first heard this story, it sounded like could that be that Preston? Where hey, we're gonna prank or do like a you know? And it's you you, no. you do something like this. Yeah, you're you're going Go over the jail. line. Yeah, yep. very scary. So yep. yeah, if you have any information, please are asking that you contact them in sports this morning. <laughs> 
The Eagles lost to the New England Patriots yesterday afternoon at the lake. Julian Edelman threw a go-ahead 15-yard touchdown pass to Philip Dorsett, and the Patriots rallied for a 17-10 win. Tom Brady threw for 216 yards, leading New England back from a 10-0 deficit. But it was Edelman, the Patriots' wide receiver, who found a target in the end zone. The Patriots' defense sacked Carson Wentz five times and forced one turnover. The Eagles are at home again next weekend with the game against the Seattle Seahawks. Kickoff is scheduled for 1 o'clock. The Sixers beat the Cavaliers yesterday afternoon in Cleveland. A few days after a one-point win over the Cavs at home, the Sixers jumped ahead early and built the lead for an easy 114-95 win. Tobias Harris scored 27 points. Joel Embiid had 14, and Ben Simmons added 10 points and 11 assists. The Sixers are off uh, until Wednesday night when they'll return home to host the New York Knicks, and tip-off is scheduled for 7 o'clock. And finally, Bill Lyon, who wrote for more than three decades as an Inquirer sports columnist, died yesterday at his Marple Township facility where he resided since 2013. He was 81 years old and for the last several years has been afflicted with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases. Over the course of his career, he collected six Pulitzer Prize nominations and and in the later portion of his life, wrote some of the most poignant and powerful columns after his 2005 retirement when he addressed his battles with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, the latter of which eventually ended his ability to type. Fran Dunphy, Lyon's friend and longtime Penn and Temple basketball coach, said the brilliance of Bill's writing has always been evident, but how courageous he was in his Alzheimer's battle was remarkable. And that's what I have for you this morning. Sad news. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. All right, welcome back to the work week. It's a Monday morning with the Preston and Steve show. We have several things set to go as we begin, and a four-pack of tickets to our Word of the Week prize. Four-pack of tickets is MMR Rock's Tool yeah! at the Boardwalk, Boardwalk Hall Show in Atlantic City. By the way, why does it say tonight? Uh, if that's it? a Word of the Week prize, why would I give away... <laughs> Well, there's just a keepsake ticket so that you can frame it, Preston, put it in a little frame. It'll look wonderful. Even if you didn't attend the show, what a wonderful ticket to have. Well, I'm going to guess it's not tonight. It's not tonight. There is a concert. There is a tool concert (laughs) tonight. What's a one-letter word? Yeah. Uh, But that's here, right? Yeah, that's here in in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right, so we'll give away tickets for the Atlantic City, New Jersey show uh, on Friday. You know what? what? That's why. Because when you award the tickets on Friday, it will be tonight. Oh, okay. Yes. That's, so, that's a mistyping. It's future copy. Yeah. Okay. Future tonight. So tickets available at Ticketmaster.com, so we'll get the first letter at the end of the program. Uh, we also had some really cool stuff taking place. So we have um, uh, our friends from uh, Duncan who are coming in and providing breakfast because we have a very special announcement that is going to be happening around Bizarre File Time. It concerns our friends at Xfinity. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's a, a, something we're going to roll out, but it will be in conjunction. We, we have some tech giveaways today. I love this. With this, yeah. And we're very excited about uh, what we're going to be announcing, and we'll explain all that a little bit later on this morning. And we also have our buddy John Dornboss, who will be here in the studio this morning. He's Mr. Positive. His book is called Life is Magic, an Extraordinary True Story of Trauma and Transformation. We've talked about him briefly with him before. This is the follow-up to his first book, Everything Stinks. Oh, and then he's turned a corner. He's turned it around. Uh, But he is actually going to be doing a signing tonight. Awesome. At the Free Library of Philadelphia on Vine Street. And we'll get the details of what time and uh, how you can stop by and see John and and, uh, get his book and, uh, and, you know, say thanks and and congratulations and all that good stuff. So these things more you can tell. I sound a little nasally, picked up something over the past few days, and, and I met... Many, many, many people over the weekend at the functions that I was involved in who were also getting sick 
And so I think it's just, it, at least in my world, it's spreading all over the place. No, you're right. So. It's all the rage. We just have to get rid of it before the camp out. I know. I think I think the uh, you know the temperature shift had something to do oh, with yeah, it, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I met many people who were like, yep, same thing. So hang in there if you got this going on. Uh, so these things are more taking place. Uh, real quick, I want to mention this because I only I think we only said it on the air maybe twice or, or uh, two or three times, and that was it. But with the camp out for hunger coming up, uh, we were we were looking for something fun to do that kind of stands out a little bit. Last year we did the mass wedding; it went over wonderfully. We're not going to do that again this year. We're gonna no. we're gonna give it a little little room to breathe and maybe bring that back and let, let people, people date. Age. Right? Yeah, let people date first, and <laughs> yeah, then we'll do yeah. that. But. In that time, and maybe even since, wouldn't it be awesome if some of those people that got uh, married at the campout are now expecting and can be a part oh. of something that we want to do? We still haven't fully green lit it yet. <clears throat> we want to see if there's enough interest, but we're thinking about trying to do a mass gender reveal party this time around. Yes. So what we need are expecting mothers, expecting couples uh, to be a part of this, and you need to contact us and let us know. And if we get enough interest, we got a decent amount, but we want to see if we can get a little bit more. Because who knows? This could be a world record of sorts. I don't know if there has been a mass gender reveal party ever before. I haven't seen that. No, I, I think either. it's a difficult thing to pull off, and that's why we're we're trying to build it. And, and again, we're, we're, we're trying to figure if we can get enough people involved to make this a thing. But, Preston, out at the events I was at, a lot of people would, were coming up to me saying, I know someone who's expecting would be perfect for this. Get the word out. Yeah, yeah so, Marissa, if people are interested and uh, they want to contact us, what, what's the best way to do it? Well, there's uh, now a page on the website where, uh, as we do make some more details, we'll put it up there. So you can go to PrestonSteve.com or just email me, Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-A, at WMMR.com. Okay, and, uh, and if you know someone who is expecting and you think that they should be a part of this, let them know. Yes. Have them contact us us and uh, I think this would be a fun little addition to the uh, the camp out for hunger if we can do it the way we want to do exactly it, yes. yeah. yeah so it's all key we have some ideas and obviously we want to do it in a big fashion so uh, let us know get in touch spread the word and if we can make it happen it'll just be another cool little thing that we can do at the camp out which by the way is two weeks from today wow. two yeah. weeks from today and you can tell by Steve's sigh yeah that we have a yeah. lot of work to do to get ready for it if you want to talk the the ultimate uh. expression of, uh, of of a dichotomy here because I'm I'm incredibly enthusiastic about the potential all the stuff we sure. have in place for this year is off the charts yeah but also two weeks. I know, it's a lot of oh work. Oh, my God. And we have a lot of things in between oh, then yeah. that we have to do that aren't camp out related. So, anyway. Uh, we're gonna anyway. Ta- we're going to take anyway. a break and come back in a second. We'll do a stupid question, entertainment report. All that stuff is coming up next. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so the stupid question this morning prize is a pair of tickets to see Patrick Warburton. 
Uh, he is going to be doing Punchline Philly, which is cool. On, stand up. Yeah, not until January 10th. It's a uh, Friday night. But yeah, he's going to be doing stand up, which is pretty cool. So he's he's awesome, man. We loved having him here in our studio. We'll see if we can make that happen again come January. Uh, but today's stupid question is as follows. Nutritionists list the avocado <clears throat> as a food high in MUFAs. MUFAS? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to be doing that a lot yeah, we're today. we're going to be doing that today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, MUFAS, M-U-F-A-S. What does that stand for? MUFAS. Yeah, 215-263-WMMR. Not a loofah. No. A MUFA. You, you clean your ass with that in the shower. That you can. Yeah. Yes. All right. I do. 215-263-WMMR. <laughs> Let's go through some birthdays today on November 18th. It is Kirk Hammett's birthday of Metallica fame. Uh, Kirk's 57 years old today and also is making a name in the world of horror genre. He I is love a that. big, 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 big collector. So I was looking at some of the things in his collection. He has an extensive collection, uh, and he goes all like all the way back to the universal horror stuff, to slasher stuff. He's 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 the real deal. And I guess, you know, I mean, he's he's made so much money in his yeah. successful career that at some point, you you know, you start to buy your toys well, and also, things that you like. Uh, a lot of the horror... Writers are into Metallica. I believe it. So he gets stuff donated to him. Yeah, so he's uh, 57 years old today. Uh, wow, it's Owen Wilson's birthday. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Wow. Flippers and all. Wow. 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 I swear I got screwed. Wow. 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 This goes on for a while. Oh, right? yeah. Wow. Wow. Wait, that was the best one. Hang on a second. That's a real wow. I swear I got screwed. Wow. 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 All right. What's it? His best wows are probably in Wedding Crasher, right? Maybe. Yeah. Wow. Uh, He is 51 years old today. He's great. He's great. You got to love him, especially in Zoolander. uh, So freak. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's his best. Yeah, because especially, what are you acting all whack for? Yeah. Uh, 51 years old, uh, Chloe Savini. Suck, suck, suck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry. In the in the movie Brown She's a highly accomplished actress. <laughs> she actually does a BJ. Yeah, it's, it, it is a mainstream film with a graphic oral sex scene in it. Uh-huh. And, and she, she's, well, it didn't kill her career. It, it stalled it for a it little bit. It did stall it for yeah. a little bit. You're right. Uh, but she's 45 today. She's a good actress. Uh-huh. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins. I just watched Big has been making the rounds for some reason on cable lately. I think they're ge- they're gearing up for uh, the Mr. Rogers film with Tom Hanks. You might be yeah, right yeah. about that. Yep. Uh, she is uh, 59 years old Like today. her. She's a good actress. Yeah, I do too. So happy birthday. I like everybody. Did you see except the, for Hitler. Sorry, to, to go back to Tom <laughs> Hanks, did you see the picture of him as Mr. Rogers? Like, I, I That's great. did a double take. Yeah. I thought it was another picture of Mr. Rogers. No kidding. Yeah. That opens this weekend. Yeah. So I'm sure it's going to do great. If they say if it does well, they're going to go ahead with the uh, a third film called Mr. Gump. Which oh, is a, Mr. Sort of cross between Gump. Mr. Rogers and Forrest Gump. Okay. Hi, <laughs> Niver. Uh, Kevin Nealon also has birthday today. Do you ever watch his, uh, have you ever seen his hiking show? No. He goes out with celebrities and goes hiking. Seriously? And, and they, they, and they, they interview? Talk. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a, it's comedian cars getting coffee, except they're out hiking. That's, That's not it. a bad idea. Yeah. It's good. I mean. It's good show. Yeah. yeah. So, it's I on mean, YouTube. 
anytime I go on a hike, you know, like my son, we definitely have some great conversations, and that's that's part of a drought. I've the- learned so much talking to my dog when I go out. I'm sure you do. Uh, Kevin Nealon is celebrating his 66th birthday. came to our uh, Granny Grand Prix one time. Yeah, he did. He played banjo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's his 66th birthday today. Uh, an actor I love, a guy named Delroy Lindo. He's great. Um, is turning 67 today. Whenever I see him on screen, I'm, I know he's going to be a, a larger. He's just a great character. In Cider House Rules, he plays the father of the girl. He, well, I yeah, don't want to spoil yeah, it for yeah. you, but uh, he does a pretty horrible thing. Uh, he's great in Malcolm X. He takes Malcolm under his wing. He's kind right. of a, he's kind of a uh, uh, a gangster, but uh, but she teaches him how to not be so street and a little bit more refined. Right. And uh, and he's also in Get Shorty, a bunch of other great movies. Gone in sixty seconds, uh, but he's a very imposing character. He's sixty seven today. Uh, Linda Evans. Of Dynasty. Dynasty. She played Crystal. <laughs> she did. And she was kind of the good girl character. Crystal Carrington, whereas Alexis was the evil femme fatale. And one of the great cat fights of all time were it, between those two. They beat the crap out of each other in a fountain. Yes, it was pretty classic. Uh, Linda Evans is 77 years. I used to watch Dynasty. I did, too. Yeah, I used to watch Dallas. I watched Flamingo yeah. Road. All of them. Because Flamingo Road. Remember that one? Hotel. Hotel. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Such crap, but fun crap. They were great. They were great. I loved it. Uh, we also have actress Pita Wilson. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is uh, 49 years old today. She was Nikita. She, on the TV series, yeah. Yep. And uh, she was also in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. A model and then transferred into acting. She played uh, Dracula's wife, Maud Dracula. Maud <laughs> in Bram Stoker's uh, in, uh, Extraordinary uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Maud. Maud. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is an old name. Yeah, Maud and Dracula. Dracula's pretty old, right? <laughs> it's not too far of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> She's 49 today. And speaking of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, the writer of that, Mr. Alan Moore, who has also created one of the all-time great graphic novels or comic book series, Watchmen. Uh, and this is music from the HBO show, which uh, I am just... I love it. I love it, too. I recorded it last night's episode. Uh, I still haven't seen it yet. But Casey says uh, the best so far. I think it's the best so far. I thought every episode gets better. And musically Uh, speaking, there's a really, really cool moment that uh, Trent Reznor, who's his... uh, Atticus Finch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they they do the music. So this that you're hearing, that's uh, Trent and Atticus. But I am. I've watched every episode multiple times. It is such a mind f, and I I love it. Uh, Alan Moore, who is you know he, he really just the source material is what he's behind. He does any any spinoffs or anything like that. The he, movie he wasn't behind, and he disavows all connection to anything. He does. We were talking to Kevin Smith though about this, and he has the same feeling that I have that I think of this series that Alan Moore might be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he also created V for Vendetta, which obviously they made that, that into a movie, but the graphic novel is great as well. Steve Batman Killing Joke. Yeah. Unbelievable. So is that good? It's really yeah. good. Okay. And if you want, if you don't want to read the graphic novel, just the, the animated movie that they did is pretty much page for page. Well, that's what I wanted to yeah, know yeah. Is, is if the movie is worth a watch. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Preston, I know you're not feeling great, but uh, Atticus Finch was in To Kill a Mockingbird. Agnes Ross was the, uh, it's a musical oh, partner for, yeah. Christ. for yes, Trent Reznor. Right. 
And I'm only saying that because I know that the people listening are also going to Thank say you. It. Yes, yeah. Atticus Ross. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, and Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> and Gregory Peck. And I just joined the cast of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> no, it's a band. F you like an animal. Yeah. yeah. I want to F you like an animal. Uh, so Alan Moore, the genius, uh, and he's a, he's a nutty dude too. He's uh, sixty six years old. Wrote, wrote to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> no, yeah, of course, sure, why not? Yep, absolutely. All right, let's see if we can, <laughs> Just go with it. Let's see if we can get an answer to the question. Uh, nutritionists list the avocado as a food high in mufas. Mufas. M u f a s. What is yeah, it? Mufas on the ridge. What does that stand for? Two one five two six three. W m m r is. The number. Uh, we will go to Tim, see if we can get the answer. Hi, Tim. Good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? What? First time listener, first time caller. Oh. Hey, it is for a contest. Well, let's see if you win, Tim. What is a MUFA? What does MUFA stand for? Yeah, I think I got this one. Uh, monounsaturated fats. What does the A stand for? MUFA. Well, uh, uh, so monounsaturated fats. No. You're missing one You're missing word. One You're missing word. one word, which I, is the uh and the mufa. Yeah. I, so, feel like, I feel like you said it to our intern when you called. Because it's written up on the call screen. I, I, got, I, I, I have to get the full answer, so I'm going to give you three <sighs> seconds to find out what that A stands for. Let's go back to you your know phone. You know it. Yeah, go back to your phone and look and up look that answer again. The you, same thing, just pull it up. You said it to our screener. I did? Yeah. All right. Sorry, Tim. I can't. Oh, it's, it's not the full answer. I can't give it to him. I apologize. Let me go to. Is this Lyman? Is that your name, Lyman? No, it's Lynn. <laughs> well, Lyman becomes Lynn. It says L Y M. You're exactly right. The N is next to the N. On like the damn. You know, yeah. so the yeah. N is probably the end silent. What was so the it's Lim. All right. <laughs> Lynn, Lim, do me. Lynn, whatever it is, I got the answer. What is it? Okay. <laughs> The A is not another caller, but it's acid. Mono unsaturated fatty acid. That's there it, yes, yes. Sorry, Tim, but Lynn got it right. Lyman got it right. Hang on. That is a Well, you have one now. Lyman, congratulations. Hang on. We're going to get your information. We're going to give you a pair of tickets to see Patrick Warburton on Friday, January 10th. 9.45 at Punchline Philly. You can get tickets for Patrick's January 10th and 11th shows at Ticketmaster.com. <laughs> 21 and over shows, by the way. What so. There was a name that was in the at the absolute top of the tops as far as screwed up names. What was that one that preceded Lyman? Remember, we the, the uh, guy, uh, like, Walper was pretty Walper. bad. Walper. That was it. Yeah, Listen, the M great. and the N are right next to each sure. other, so it was just <laughs> a typo. Right. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. All right, so at the box office this weekend, Ford versus Ferrari was number one by far, made $31 million. I want to see that. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Midway was second with $8 million, $8.8 million. Um, Charlie's Angels opened at number three, so not so great for them. Well, the, the budget <laughs> was only $41 million. It okay. didn't do. It did less than they expected, but it's not a big loss. They'll make their money back yeah. eventually. Uh, then you had Playing with Fire last Christmas. Doctor Sleep was six, followed by The Good Liar, Joker, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Harriet rounded out the top ten. Did you see uh, the Stephen King movie? Did you see Dr. I did Sleep? not see Doctor Sleep yet. No, I've I've got a uh, someday when my psychotic <laughs> schedule settles <laughs> down, I'll go see Maybe it. Maybe over the holidays or something. Yeah, it's a good it's a good Christmas. <laughs> did you see that uh, Joker across the? Uh, the one billion mark, first R-rated movie. Billion dollar yeah, yeah, mark, yeah, yeah, no yeah. kidding. That's awesome. All right, we're going to start with uh, Bella Hadid. 
Fenty is more Bella Hadid speed than Victoria's Secret. I've always said that. The supermodel got real at Vogue's Fashion Festival in Paris on Friday when she opened up about her very different experience at Rihanna's brand. The iconic lingerie brand. Okay. Uh, she told the crowd, Rihanna's amazing. For me, that was the first time on a runway that I felt really sexy because when I first did Fenty, I was doing other lingerie shows and I never felt, pow- I never felt powerful on a runway like in my underwear. Wow, this is amazing. This is a real peek behind the curtain. So the first time she felt sexy on the runway was yeah. when she was wearing she Fendi. Never, never felt sexy before. Huh. And, and, and never the, with, with her being a model yeah. and relying on her looks right. since she was seven, <laughs> right. she never felt attractive or sexy. And, then, and she also never felt, pow- felt powerful on a runway like in her underwear. Like in her underwear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rihanna, who is involved in every aspect of Fenty, told Hadid to do whatever she felt was right. There the I was in my underwears. Uh, the 23-year-old uh, has modeled in both her first Savage X Fenty show in 2018 and a second one this year. Zoolander is so accurate. It is. And that's so what I was accurate. thinking of this, Steve. So completely accurate. Hadid said, I like being another character. I think at this point, I don't necessarily love being myself sometimes. Sometimes on the runway, you get either nervous or you forget how your legs move. But then I become a love panther. Grr. She also (laughs) touched. (laughs) You like that one? Yes. (laughs) It's totally out of Zoolander when they're interviewing them at the the, uh, the award shows. She also touched on her struggles with mental health, admitting, I feel guilty for being able to live this incredible life. I feel so guilty for being so beautiful. Having the opportunities that I do, but somehow still be depressed, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes Uh, I feel the world is closing in on me like a huge chalupa. (laughs) Does she have any... um... Charitable endeavors. Yes, yeah. she does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she she sends models overseas to Paris. Her her darkest... <laughs> models without borders? Models without borders. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They go to the Amazon <laughs> and teach them how to catwalk. <laughs> no click, click. It's like this. <laughs> her, her darkest times, Hadid revealed... <laughs> click, click. <laughs> Where she first enjoyed success as a model. She said, I would cry every single morning. I would cry during my lunch breaks. I would cry before I slept. I was very emotionally unstable. And wet. For a while, because of all that crying, yeah, right? Yeah, she's sopping wet. For a while, when I was working 14-hour days for four months straight as an 18-year-old, I think I just wanted to breathe a little bit. Mm. She famously- How did she get into modeling? Did she actively pursue it, or was, was she forced into it? In other words, was she abducted and forced to be a model? Yeah, I don't know. That might be the story yeah, behind yeah. this. Uh, she famously strutted for Victoria's Secret in the 2016 or 2016 to 2018. Uh, the brand canceled its show this year after declining viewership of the broadcast show and a reshuffling of the brand's strategy. Do you know, Preston, every year that we've done the camp out for hunger, at least for most of them, uh, that Victoria's Secret model show takes place during the camp out. And we always say, oh, oh yeah, it, it's never on our radar. No. So it came as no shock that they canceled the uh, the broadcast because no one watches it. She also shared her, subtly shared her feelings about Selena Gomez. Ooh. Oh. Now, uh, some say that this was the case. Gomez had dated The Weeknd back in 2017 after Hadid's very public split from him. Well, at the time, she had been dating uh, Leap Year. And Hadid and The Weeknd had been on and off again since then. Ergo, the former friends have hit a rough patch. Ooh. While Hadid was live at least once of on or ha, has at least of one of Gomez's posts she liked in recent months on Instagram. That's an indicator, right? It seems that her supermodel uh, that her beef has boiled over. 
Uh, fans screenshot Gomez captioning a shot of Hadid saying stunning, <laughs> and the supermodel chose to delete the entire post. It's like a complex Robert Ludlum novel. <laughs> Wait, trying to get to the bottom of this. Who one. deleted the post? Uh, Rihanna. I I, I, I gave you the, the information, and I don't even know, Nick. <laughs> I think okay. it's the Knights Templar. Yeah. All right. Some speculate that Hadid may be standing with her good friend Haley Baldwin, Gomez's other ex-boyfriend, Justin Bieber's wife. So I'm she, done. Enough. Enough. Yeah. Come on. Thank you. I don't, I don't oh care. my God. Thank you so much. I got lost. Okay. <laughs> Something else. After her relationship with Pete Davidson came to the became the subject of an intense fascination on social media and in the tabloids, Kate Beckinsale came out front and center to deny new rumors that she is dating Jamie Foxx. I don't believe it. The 46-year-old and Fox were spotted together at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association Golden Globes Ambassadors Party on Thursday night after she uh, saw pictures of them together going viral. She took to social media to address the speculation. I think whenever you're photographed with someone, that's the person you're dating. She said, uh, last night at the AHFP, AHFPA party with Jamie Foxx and another tag that I don't know who the oh, hell this is. Jay, Jay Solak. I don't know. Jonathan Volick. There you go. He's Whatever. A te- he's a tech avail in L.A. Uh, oh, yeah. What, is, what does he do? A tech avail. Does he, he does HVAC in Brentwood? He does, yeah. She said, I would like to point out that standing next to someone does not mean that I'm dating them. She wrote on the Instagram alongside a pair of photos of herself posing with the men. What the hell's going on here? Currently in line, she said, currently in line at the dry cleaners. And if that's true, then I've got a hell of a problem. Uh, the trio were toasting the news that Pierce Brosnan's sons, Dylan and Paris, will be the 2020 Golden Globe ambassador. Wait a second. So uh, last <laughs> night I was watching TV for a long time. Why didn't they break in with this information? I know, I know. I know. Why didn't they break in with this? I, you need, you need well, what channel back. were you watching? Were you watching I, I, I was watching regular? a major network. Okay. You would figure that their news division would yeah. cut in with this whole Pierce Brosnan news. Joshua Jackson. And, yeah, I know him. <laughs> and Jody Turner-Smith. I don't know her. <laughs> Ignited marriage rumors when they made a red carpet debut wearing what looked like wedding rings. Turner Smith wore a big sparkling diamond on her uh, left hand, and Jackson sported a big gold ring on his wedding finger. We're in love! Uh, the private pair stepped out for the first time publicly at Jody's new film called Queen and Slim Thursday night. The rings made their appearance after the affair star uh, and Turner Smith snagged a marriage <laughs> license in August. They were spotted grabbing a marriage license at a courthouse in Brooklyn. Who the wow. hell is she? I, I'm not... She is obviously an actress, yeah. I would assume. And he, of course, of Dawson's Creek and a show called Fringe. Yep. And, and uh, Skulls. And Skulls. <laughs> the great movie Skulls. And she has a skull. So maybe they're uh, maybe they're married. We're not really 100% sure, but it kind of seems that way. Well, Hollywood is a buzz. Uh, it is. It's all a buzz, folks. How about this? Uh, let's get to the royal family. We have, uh, by the way, another. This I think this will be the third Kardashian-free report Excellent. in a row. There was a story, but I'm not. I, no. I, I skipped it. Uh, Meghan Markle, meanwhile overseas. <laughs> <laughs> Meghan Markle and Hillary Clinton hung out at her Frogmore College uh, home after the college cottage. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to mess up a lot of things cool. today, gang. I'm sick. We're with you today. Uh, Here's your diploma. What? Frogmore. (laughs) This is a college? (laughs) Megan and Hillary hung out at Frogmore Cottage home. (laughs) What you call them university over here. (laughs) After being secretly invited to meet there for the first time by the Royal. Uh, The tete-a-tete went down Tuesday, and six-month-old Archie, Megan's son, with Prince Harry, was also present. 
Uh, Clinton, no stranger to criticism uh, from the press, has defended Megan previously from what she described as their sexist and racist attacks. It was cool. I saw them. They were on the front lawn wrestling. Uh, now, also... <laughs> British media on Sunday were called uh, were calling the BBC Newsnight interview that aired the night before, in which Prince Andrew tried to refute claims that he had sex with an underage girl trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein, a PR disaster. It was a debacle because the interviewer was um, just kind of listen. They had loads of pictures with people he said he'd never met. It, so, so that, that tends to uh, contradict his stories. In it, Andrew denied having sex with Virginia Roberts uh, Jufree, who has charged at Epstein Forster to have sex with the prince in 2001 when she was 17. He said he had no recollection of ever meeting Jufree and suggested that a photo showing him with his arm around the underage girl may have been faked. Uh, but Andrew defended their his friendship with Epstein, the late financier who committed suicide, in jail earlier this year after being arrested on federal sex trafficking charges. However, he said he regretted staying staying at Epstein's home after Epstein's earlier conviction in Florida for solicitation of prostitution involving a minor. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah, so he... uh... He messed up on that, he says. Speaking of the Royals, uh, the Crown debuted yesterday, the season three. Yes. Anybody else watch it? I did no, not but yet. I'm dying to see it. It's, uh, I'm waiting it, for the holidays. It, it's good, as you would imagine. Uh, Lyft goes back as um, Winston Churchill again. But it's, it's a little weird uh, because it's it's brand new actors. You know, the, it's a new yeah. queen. It's a new uh, Prince Philip. And it's just, it just threw me off for the first 20 minutes, half hour, because you're so used to Claire Foy and, and the, the other guy who was playing Prince Philip. That, and they were so great. And most of it yeah. takes place on the beach, right? Which yeah, this is... one's on uh, spring break. Uh, yeah. But they, they jumped forward several and they years. they going in there. So they had to change, yeah. uh, switch up the cast. So. It's it, it is weird when they do that. I like, yeah. though, that they've taken some attention with, um, obviously, everyone that they're picking is based on real people, so they try to get them physically yeah. along those lines. Yep. Uh, let's go with this story. Patricia Heaton's husband, uh, Carol's second act producer, David Hunt, has been accused of sexual misconduct on the set of that CBS show, leading to two female employees leaving the sitcom, according to reports. Uh, Hunt has been accused of inappropriately touching writer uh, Broti Gupa, is her name, I think. Not familiar. Her name is B-R-O-T-I, Broti, I'm not really sure, uh, who told the producer uh, Margie Maggie... uh, When the pair complained, HR investigated, but investigators reportedly didn't want Hunt to be fired. Uh, CBS said in a statement, our human resources team always endeavors to address issues in a professional and sensitive manner. And we must clarify that certain allegations about them have either been misstated or taken wholly out of context. The writer, producer, directed, uh, decided to leave the show of the, his own accord. Uh, Heaton and Hunt have been married since 1990 and they have four children. Kaya Gerber, 18 years old, showed up for rumored boyfriend Pete Davidson's 26th birthday over the weekend. The supermodel appeared over the weekend with a Magnolia bakery cake at NBC Studios. This is amazing. Aww. Where Davidson filmed Saturday Night Live. After SNL, the I have pair, a cake. The pair, the pair appeared at an after party, uh, then at her apartment in New York City, apparently. Oh, they did an appearance at her New York City apartment. Oh, wow. <laughs> Appearing nightly at my apartment. Right. Me. Uh, so it looks like that's definitely going on. When I walk into my house, I speak, ladies and gentlemen, appearing every day in his own home, Steve Morrison. <laughs> Joining Steve today will be his lovely wife, Claire, and their various animals and possessions. Wouldn't that be great if you had an announcement every yeah. time you came home in the door <laughs> like that? Well, it made the news right. for Kaya Gerber. 
Uh, Martin Scorsese was honored at the Kirk Douglas Award Ceremony at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival. And while there, he subtly underlines his love for what he sees as true cinematic art. Oh, okay. Is, so what, what? So he's been dissing the Marvel movies or, yeah. or saying that they don't qualify as cinema, as real cinema. Correct. So what did he say qualifies as real cinema? And if you say those earnest movies... <laughs> I will freak out. Well, Ernest Goes to Prison was pretty No, pretty. Ernest Goes to Camp. I mean, the very first one, that was groundbreaking. That okay. was the groundbreaking. One. Yeah. He said, I realize that commitment and dedication to the art form are also, are always rare. So, uh, you know, when I see it, this incredible commitment and dedication, please don't take it for granted. Today, it's a new world, of course. And we have to be extra vigilant. Some actually believe that these qualities that I'm talking about can be replaced by algorithms and formulas and business calculations. But please remember, it's all an illusion because there's no substitute for individual or artistic expression as Kirk Douglas knew and see it right. throughout his long film careers. Was Kirk on hand or is he uh, is he able to get around? I it, they did not indicate if he was there or not. I'm not 100% sure about that. How old is he? Is he 100 yet? <sighs> he's got his he's way close up there. To way it. up there. Yeah. Uh, he's, he had age. the stroke but he yeah, still wow. gets around. Dude, he's 100 and he'll be 103 in, in a couple of years. Oh my gosh. He's Spartacus, right? He was Spartacus. Yeah. Not right. he's not in the sequel now. Wow, he has gone the he has gone the distance though. Amazing, guy. and some of my favorite all time favorite movies are yeah. Kirk Douglas movies. Uh, Spartacus, um, this is going to be a dumb question. Is that a historical movie? Yes, it is. Okay, um, yeah. all right. So, why is that battle scene any different than the end battle scene in uh, uh, Endgame? I mean, are, are besides, you, you're, you're going back to the argument of I, uh, I hate Martin Scorsese. I hate you. Uh, um. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because of his take on the on this uh, no, this I, thing that he won't let die. Well, it's dumb. Because he he he's sort of boxed himself in now. He keeps getting asked about his own statements. Yeah, but I mean, you're the, the director of Goodfellas and Mean Streets and and uh, so many classics. You can't you know Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. He's a genius, but he, I just think he's wrong. And as somebody pointed out, I forget who it was. There was a time when gangster movies were considered junk food movies. Yeah, and and all that stuff. And that's been his bread and butter in Hollywood. Did you have a chance to see the new one yet? I the, did not. Okay. I, I, I think it premieres over um, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. So, right. yeah, on, that's on right. They did, the, yeah. they did the theatrical release and then. I want to see it, though. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Ashton Kutcher produced Going for Broke has hit 5 million views in four weeks on Crackle, uh, the unscripted Crackle. Ser- series about, <laughs> personal, de- uh, about personal debt. Uh, seems to have hit, hit a nerve on the ad. Knock it off. Supported streaming platform. More than 44 million Americans are uh, dealing with $1.5 trillion in federal student loan debt, and the show focuses on a handful of L.A. people in debt. They should have, that should be their, just, just sort of like a contorted peacock, and you just crack, crack, crack. I can't believe that uh, network still exists. Yeah, yep. most of their main, well, their most popular show used to be uh, the uh, driving in cars, comedians driving in cars, and that went over to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, let's see two more things. Uh, the full Simpsons library is available for the first time on Disney Plus, but it's a, a it's library Preston. <laughs> library, a popular. We know you're sick. An infamous episode has been held back. You guys may have heard this. Stark raving dad from 1991 is not available, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Observers suspected that the show was nixed because Michael Jackson guest starred 
as Leon Kampowski, a man Homer meets in a mental institution. Oh, no. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a classic. Happy birthday, Lisa. Do you remember that did one? Did we yeah. find out that actually Michael Jackson didn't sing that or that... that or at least the spoken dialogue wasn't Jackson himself in that episode. Really? I always thought it was him. <clears throat> uh, in March of this year, the episode was pulled from circulation following the release of HBO's Leaving Neverland. Because I'm a pedophile. <laughs> in which uh, Michael was accused of molesting multiple boys. Uh, Jackson's estate has denied the allegations, but you won't find that episode, apparently, uh, in the library. Lisa, you do you and I'll do Bart. <laughs> oh, <No>. dear God. <laughs> Cartoon, so I didn't know. <laughs> All right, and then uh, one last story: Gary Oldman is joining the A-list rush to Apple Plus. He is set to top line a spy drama called Slow Horses, which is what's based wrong with this horse on uh, Mick Herron's spy novel series of the same name. Uh, the first book follows the kidnapping of a young man with the abductors threatening to kill him live online. So I don't know if it'll be a series of things that he'll be doing or not. So on the Apple platform, I'm watching Morning Show, which is pretty good, uh, the Jennifer Anderson series, and the uh, Jason Momoa C, uh, which is the yeah. uh, which is pretty good. Okay, nothing's rocking my world. Jason I, Momoa, what? Uh, it, so it's this culture. It's a post-apocalyptic dystopian future. C S E E, like your eyesight. Okay. Yeah. Everyone has gone blind except for a few people, some kids and stuff. And uh, it's it's okay. Okay. Uh, I started watching Red Moon, which is a, a fantasy. You know, it's kind of like a man in high castle or whatever. What if um, the Russians got to the moon first? How is okay. it? Um, eh, huh? It's all right. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the stuff is that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm waiting for M Night Shyamalan series. That looks really good. Yeah. What's that uh, about? I forgot. The the the, the couple lose a uh, <laughs> couple lose <laughs> oh, a, uh, a baby. Lose a baby yeah, and yeah. servant. They have a doll. Right. That, that's at least that we know of from the right yeah, from yeah. the uh, the trailer. Yeah, that should be interesting. Couple. All right. <laughs> We're ready for clips. Daniel Ezra plays a high-rising high school football player at South Crenshaw High who is recruited to join a prestigious team in Beverly Hills and seizes the opportunity in the TV series All-American. In this clip, Daniel talks about what he looks forward to in the second season. Here we go. Just from the scripts that we're filming and the scripts that we've read, it gets really wild and and we go to some pretty dark places, which is what I was looking forward to. And because there's a light and a dark to both these two worlds, to Crenshaw and Beverly Hills. Shut up, dummy. All American Air is Monday at 8, and that's on the CW. Here's the next clip. A middle-aged compression sock businessman from Detroit unexpectedly falls for his cardiac nurse while recovering from a heart attack in the TV series Bob Hart's Ibashola. In this clip, <laughs> Falaki Olawofayuku. One more time. Falaki Olawofayuku. There okay, you go. Now, That's better. Olawofayuku. Where is the library? <laughs> uh, this is, uh, yes. <laughs> This and, is the, the sitcom. Oh, oh okay. All Why right. she was drawn to her character, uh, uh, Abishola. Here we go. It just seemed like it was written for me. She was my mom. She was my aunt. A lot of my aunties I grew up with back home in Nigeria. It was 
It just was seamless. There's a lot of letters in her name, and I do not know exactly how to pronounce that, so hopefully I will find out in the very near future. It's a cute series. Uh, they are, um, you know, you, you'd figure there's no way these two would uh, would end up being a romantic uh, item, but uh, it, it's another Chuck Lorre sort of okay. well-written comedy. Well, I, was, I, always to... liked, I always liked that story, the unlikely couple. Yeah. yeah. I always think that's nice. You had me at compression socks. I'm sure. Bob Hart's uh, Abishola is going to air Mondays at 8.30, and that will be on CBS. So there you go. Yeah, there are a couple episodes in already. It's good. That's what I have for you this morning in the Entertainment Report. Casey just handed me this. Uh, we have a screening coming up of a movie, and I'll give away passes to... Uh, let's see, when is this, when is this, Wednesday, this Wednesday, yes, okay, so Wednesday at the Ritz East, it's a screening of Knives Out. Oh, man, I'd love to see that. Yep, looks really, really good. We have the director here in the studio, writer and director. It hits theaters November 27th, so Wednesday at 7.30. Uh, you need to be there by 7 o'clock, so let's take five callers right now, and we'll put you on our list to go to that movie. Two one five two six three W. Now make it seven. Yeah, seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I man. did it. Two one five two six three WMMR. Go ahead and give us a call right now. Put you on our list and get you in the theater. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. Our buddy John Dornboss is going to be stopping by this morning. He's got a uh, book signing tonight of his new book. We'll get the details coming up. We have an announcement on the way. Our friends from Xfinity are going to be here, and they're bringing some giveaways, too, which is very, very nice of them. But we'll get you the details on what's happening around here as we get closer to the uh, bizarre foul. Back in a moment. Stay with us. Hey, gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by Energy Transfer. Now, join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Beanbow Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp Out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Comcast Spectacor and Philadelphia Flyers, White Horse RV Center, Precision Solutions, Acme Markets, Keen Compressed Gas, Ashley Home Stores, and Injury Recording and Production. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Yeah, so as I said earlier, you know, last year we did the we did the mass wedding at the Camp Out for Hunger, and uh, there was no way in the world that was ever going to be like the world's largest wedding because no. you remember like the Reverend Sung Young Moon used to have <laughs> thousands of people getting married in the ceremonies at the same time. But I think I think we could pull off the world's largest gender reveal. I think I don't think that there have been groups of people doing a gender reveal at the same time. No, because it's it's difficult as we're learning, but the truth of the matter is is that um I have not seen and I've seen a lot of these things. We're all tied yeah. into this sort of stuff. Um, I, I think we can get this. Any record that involves the bar being set very low, yeah. that's our wheelhouse. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a really right. low bar. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think we can jump over. And I don't think you need more than like 20 people. Yeah. We could call it the world's largest. So why not? Let's break a world record. So if you would like to be a part of this, we're working on potentially doing the world's largest gender reveal party at the Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, so if you are expecting or you know someone who is expecting and you would like to reveal that information, we'll do it live on the air. We'll do it in a, in a mass form, but we'll make sure that every single person gets named, and we will put the word out to the Delaware Valley and to everybody who podcasts around the world the sex of your child that you're expecting. Now, if you don't know as a couple and you've given that information over to someone else to give to reveal to you, we yeah. can handle that as well. Yeah, we can find a way to make yeah. that work, too. So you, too, can be surprised yes. that particular morning mm-hmm. that it happened. So... 
Uh, contact us. You can go to PrestonandSteve.com. It is, there's a link right there. It says be part of Philadelphia's largest gender reveal. Uh, you can email Marissa, Marissa WMMR.com, or you should know someone who is expecting and you think they would like to do something fun like this, contact them and let them know. Now, make sure they have an open mind. Yes. Uh, because we're going to try to do it in a in a big fashion of some sort. And obviously, that requires a little bit more more of a lavish approach. Let's just say yep. that. Yep, exactly. So we're working on something, but uh, let us know. Now, speaking of big and, and showy and all that stuff, Steve, not only you, you had texted us in a group text about something that you witnessed over the weekend. Casey concurred while living in a completely different county, and so did Nick Murphy, if you saw. Yes. He noticed this in Bucks County as well. Wow, we're all noticing. It's running Yeah, off. you guys are all yeah. noticers. We're all noticers now, sort so, of uh, surrogate noticers. So what was going I'm, on? I'm sitting at, at home. I just done the, the Christmas decorations. What day? Yesterday, 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 around four. Sunday? Okay, yeah, four thirty, uh, four thirty, quarter to five, I guess. Okay. Um, in that in that time range, and I'm, I'm noticing, you know, we, when you start to hear a sound and you start to hear it, okay, I'll, I'll hear a plane pass over periodically, a jet, and I'm like, all right, that's a rumble, and it goes away, and then it's done. But I'm hearing, and then, and and, and passing, then just as it'll drop out, I'll a couple seconds will pass, and I'll hear it coming over, and I go, what the hell's going on? So I go out on. You know, outside onto my porch, and I look up, and two fighter jets in close formation. That's awesome. Come, I'm in. It came out of the clouds, Preston, because there was a low cloud cover. Yeah, came flying out of the clouds into an opening, and boom, right, right around over my house. And it was the coolest thing, and simultaneously a terrifying thing. I wasn't putting two and two together what was happening over at the link at that time. Right. Oh, is that what it was? Then <laughs> that's I was what I was going to say. It had to have been the, the football game, right? Yeah, exactly. But you don't. Yeah. I wasn't. I was doing Christmas decorating. I wasn't even thinking about that at that time. Yeah. And so I go, "Hey, that's awesome. I should probably go in online and see if we're at war." <laughs> right. Uh, because, right. Because I'm like, "What the f?" And but it wasn't like um, they kept flying around. They kept flying. Around. So maybe they were in. That was their holding yeah. area. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Where they and then and then you know in preparation for flying over the link. I don't know how they do these things. They time it out perfectly. So they that must have passed like... over my house. 12 times. They do it like during the, the Star Spangled Banner, like yeah. home of the brave, and then yeah. they go past. Right. They time it out perfectly. And this is actually, I believe, the third flyover this season. And so yesterday's game was a uh, nationally televised game. Yep. So that's probably why they did it. Um, but, Steve, I had heard the rumbling. I was watching the, the um, uh, earlier games. I was just sitting there in my little lounge area with my uh, daughter, and we heard rumbling and it was scary sounding like it, like it's the, like a war movie like it's it like was, when you, yeah it was like the um the windows were shaking yeah and yeah. and i noticed it and then my daughter's like what is that sound and then my son who had headphones on while he was playing uh Fortnite, he said what is that sound and i'm like you know at first i'm like oh it's an airplane but i was like this is a little bit freakier than, it, it, than just an airplane it's and then, a deeper rumble yeah. it was a deeper rumble and a, a, a unique sound to fighter jets we actually all went outside onto the deck just kind of like hey what's and then my mom had gone out her little door and you know we had all heard it and then my daughter was scared she was like uh i'm a little bit freaked out now and i said i ah, it's i i'm Pretty sure it's just an airplane. We're at war. Yeah, we're. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. honey. It's Everything all that be you've over enjoyed soon. up to now will be over. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. You know what, Casey? Remember when we we, we went and played at um, that Ron Jaworski golf course? Oh yeah. Over the summer, uh, was that Blue Heron or Blue Heron? Yeah, that's it. Blue uh, waffle. And- <laughs> Blue Waffle Golf Course. Blue Waffle Golf Course. Blue Waffle Golf Course. We don't care where you hit it. Uh, and they they have a, there's an airstrip over that way that has a military component yeah. to it. And we saw them 
swinging around in pairs yep. like that as well, Steve, coming it's in for a so lady. Cool. It looks so, so cool. Awesome. But Preston, the, the, the difference is in those, in that moment where you're where you're just outside your house yeah. Yeah. and you're like, uh, Oh, it's whoa. freaky. Whoa. When uh, when I've seen uh, gunships, uh, uh, helicopter gunships yeah. on their way out to Indian Gap uh, <laughs> fly over in like groups of five, you're like, what the heck? Yeah. And they're really loud uh-huh. too. And check check your phone. Yeah, you're wondering uh-huh. what the hell's going on. In, is it Red Dawn time? Yeah. Right, right. So uh, yesterday at the Eagles game, and then also on Saturday night at the Flyers game, it was a salute to service weekend. So they had a lot of military members uh, at the Eagles game yesterday. A lot of the guys on the Eagles were wearing military garb as well. And uh, so I guess this flyover was all a part of that because yeah. okay, a ton of service members at the Flyers game on Saturday night as well. So yeah. that's the cool thing about being down at the Jersey Shore is it doesn't happen all the time, but um, you. You know, a few times a summer you'll see the they they just get out and they got a patrol or whatever and you know do their maneuvers and stuff and and you'll see the fighter jets go you know up and down the coast. Now during uh, Labor Day weekend they do like the old World War II bomber uh, and, and they bomb all, the beach. All, well, Steve, all weekend long you can you can go for a ride. Oh, the, the, the air shows and stuff, and even outside the air shows, that, yeah. that's they love flying out in that general area. Yeah, yeah. It's just to see it over. Because well, you know Mount Airy is technically it's city, it's city within the yeah. city limits. You're like, well, uh, it is disconcerting. It makes you think of every war movie you've ever oh, seen yeah. where they step out, you know, and uh, okay, but I guess we're think of it. This is how it ends. Yeah. When I was a little kid, we were in Pensacola vacationing, and we were shore casting. We we're just fishing on the beach, and uh, it came out of nowhere. Uh, and Pensacola is where the Blue Angels are based out of, and all of a sudden they they come about 500 <laughs> yards off the shore. Screaming by in that diamond formation and just right yeah. past us, scared the hell out of us. It was so awesome. But at that point, you got to imagine those pilots. Can you? Yeah. Is that the coolest thing? Oh yeah, coolest thing ever. There were Tie fighters and a tie. Yeah. with a group of Tie fighters. There were Tie fighters over wow. over Rutledge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think? Wouldn't it be great if they could? If if they could somehow or another create a a plane to look a little bit like a tie yes, fighter, sure. or something yeah, like that. I mean, that aerodynamically, you might have a bit of a problem, <laughs> or a star destroyer. But if there are a way to do that, that would be so cool. <laughs> Just real quick, do they still land military jets ever at uh, Willow Grove? Because I know the runways are still there, but no, I don't think so. It looks like it's completely. There's, Done. there's something I mean, functioning there. Is there? But I don't know what it is. Well, that's an alien base. No, yeah. I don't think that's that. I'm just curious as to whether or not people can actually still land there or not. A lot of people calling in about this stuff. Let me go to Eric. Hi, Eric. You're on the air. Good morning, sir. You guys rock. Wow. Oh! Thanks, Eric. What's up? Yo, I live five to ten minutes from the Willowgrove Air Base in Abington and in a little subsection called Roslyn. And yesterday, I was in my house, and the first rumble that went by shook my house. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the hell is this? I run out, two jets go over my house. I saw them. They went far away. They passed over my house five times yesterday. I have video and pictures of the third pass on my Facebook page. The fourth pass, they were in the formation that they were in when they went over the link. Oh, okay. that is so cool. So, so you're I, out I'm near sorry. Willow Grove. You're five minutes from Willow Grove. I wonder how long it takes them to get from there to the link if they were already in formation. <laughs> they were they were already in formation on the fourth pass or fifth pass when they went over my house. Yeah. And it was like probably about ten minutes later, right after the national anthem is when they went over the link. Yeah. So they must have I mean, I don't know how much they can slow down in air, but they must have slowed down because they never left when I saw because you know in the middle on Fox they, or whatever channel it was on they don't always show the flyby until like like the commercial break yeah and they showed it quick 
So I don't know how long. Like I said, it was probably about five, ten minutes from the time that I saw that formation to the end of the national anthem that okay. they went over. It's amazing. Yeah, right. I love it. Thanks, man. Appreciate and you it. Could see it clearly. Like I mean, it was ridiculous how low they were. Yeah. I saw a uh, one time. It was I don't know what kind of a show it was on. It might have been about the military or, or a specific aircraft, but they showed inside the cockpit as they were preparing for the flyover and the timing wise. Right. And there's somebody on. The, the radio with them saying, giving them a countdown uh, as far as Jackie when, Bam Bam. When they, were, <laughs> when they were supposed to, when they're supposed to do the flyover. So they have this pattern they hang in. And like Casey said, it's meticulously timed out for them to cross mm. right after, and the home of the brave. And then, uh, but they, and then I think what I, my understanding was they flew out, they hovered over the CVS just down the road and then flew over the uh, the Lincoln. That's how they do it. It's an amazing precision thing. Uh, let me go to John, who was in the military and did some training similar to this type of thing. Hi, John. You're on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks, guys. Gadzooks, Bob. Um, what's up? I was stationed out in California and uh, one of the largest training areas in the United States called 29 Palms. And they will literally do what's called show of force training. So while the Marines are practicing, Jets will literally fly like a couple hundred feet over our heads and buzz things. Because when we go to war sometimes, they'll do what's called a show of force. Okay. Scare the enemy. And like F-18s and F-16s will literally buzz the enemy so low over their heads. It literally scares the living daylight oh out. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I can uh, That show of force works because uh, I uh, it was enough to make me say, oh, maybe I should check online and see what's going on. Uh, but, but does anyone know what the, the Jets were yesterday? Because Preston, you had asked, and I wasn't sure because it was I could see them, but I couldn't make out exactly what they were. Yeah, I don't. I Probably don't know. either F sixteen. I, I don't know what they do, but I, uh-huh. I do know this: during the Iraq War, we did it, and it caused people literally like retreat and surrender, like before American forces. I surrendered. Out. I believe yeah. it. I, I believe surrendered. It, yes, <laughs> with the with the the Blue Angels in part of their routine, they do this thing where the. Um, they will do a slow flyby across the, the grandstands or wherever the main viewing area is. And as they're going by, so you're watching these two planes go by. And then as you're doing that, another one comes from behind crosswise <sighs> really fast. Yeah. And it's intended to scare you. Right. And it's just show and it's really loud. Yeah. And you're, so you're being distracted by these two. And then that one comes along and scares the living crap hey, out of you. Um, there is a, somewhere out in the, the American Southwest. There are places where you can go to watch planes, uh, these jets, fly in canyons. So you're basically above the planes. Have you seen this? Um, I no. have not. Oh, uh, they're, they're, It sounds awesome. incredibly cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, there. There's video of it. I mean, you're basically standing on this, on the canyon cliff uh, face and looking down. I think it's down. Nevada. Yeah. Is, Is this okay. above Mos Eisley? Uh, nope. No. <laughs> it's in the United States. Oh, okay. uh, but yeah, I've seen a two-case. I mean, if that's a thing that, like, you know, normally happens, I, I got to do that. I have to do that. Yes. Uh, some people are texting in, by the way, Steve, yesterday that the Jets were uh, F-15 Eagles. Okay. Wow. Oh. They were badass looking. Those that's are, when I surrendered. <laughs> you know those from Top Gun. Uh, wow. Or, yeah. nah. or no, no, those Top were, Chef. No, no, no. Those are F-14s. <laughs> those are F-14s in Top Gun. You're right. Uh, so, well, that's pretty cool. It was very cool. Yeah. Once I learned we were not at war. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be a little terrifying at first. Absolutely. But, yeah. All right, anyhow, thanks for your calls. We appreciate it. All right, what else did we want to talk? There was something else from the weekend. Casey made an observation over the weekend, or had a question, I think, about being a coach, right? Well, yeah, so I um, am an assistant coach for the girls' varsity basketball program. All right. Ooh. Uh, seventh and eighth grade B team. 
Uh, and then, I'm, but I'm the head coach of the boys' varsity B team basketball. So I got all seventh graders. My son's on the team. Um, volunteered to do it. I got all the seventh graders. I've known these kids since they were in kindergarten. They're a bunch of knuckleheads, but I love them. Right. My question is this: uh, At what age is it is it appropriate to actually curse in front of your uh, the 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 team as a coach? So are you are you trying to are you trying? Uh, is it hard to corral them? Are you having are you having difficulty making them focus? Yes. I did. I, I, I and you think need sentence modifiers. What I yeah, in sentence enhancers. Sentence enhancers. Yeah. yeah. Is um, this through the school? This is through the school. This is through the Catholic school. <laughs> so let me just give you an example. We were running a program. We were running a drill, and, and I mean, this is the beginning of the season, so it's a lot of like dribbling, ball handling uh, type of drills. But we're running one drill in particular, and a kid comes up to me uh, about five ten minutes into the drill, and he says, uh, "Hey, coach, I um." I don't feel like doing this drill anymore. And I, what I wanted to say oh. was <laughs> tough. Shh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And I said, well, that's tough cookies, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get back out there. Get back out there. And, you know, this is practice. This, I mean, this is post me saying, hey, listen, your playing time depends entirely upon your effort and practice. Yeah, it's simple as everybody's going to play, but like the, the harder you practice, the, you know, the more you're going to play. But and they're, like, they're at the age too. I mean, like, the kid's like thirteen years old. It's not like he's never heard the S word before. But but you're the voice of authority, and I, I think tough cookies, uh, while kind of a silly saying, mm-hmm. is the right and appropriate response. Perhaps you should have picked a more uh, a more masculine tough jerky, right? Jerky, yeah. I don't know though. Case not, because not tough buffalo wings. wings, tough Lorna Dunes yeah. wouldn't get it yeah. done. Right. When I, tough finger sandwiches. <laughs> so I didn't realize that coaches cursed at the kids. Um, <laughs> in sports, I, I didn't know this, and I not that long ago had a conversation with somebody. There were two people that I knew. One was the coach, one was the assistant coach, and they were giving the assistant coach a hard time because he went a little bit too far with the cursing. And I'm like, sure. wait a minute, back up. So you can curse at the kids, and they were like, oh well, yeah, we do that all the time. But he just took it a little too far. We had to tell him to like reel well, it in a bit. Did you tell him cut? Tough gumdrops. <laughs> tough cucumber tough sandwiches. Yeah. Tough cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off. <laughs> <laughs> well, who wants the crust? Tough, tough water with apple slices in it. <laughs> but, Casey, I think this is a good question because I had no idea this happened, period, let alone, like, okay, at what age? This was high school that we were talking about. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember, in Little League, my coaches, um, by the way, I, I told you the legendary story. I'm, it's legend in sports. Throughout my entire Little League career up in New York, I was on the Phillies. I was always on the Phillies for some reason. I was walking the door. How about that? So it was sort of predestiny. But uh, my coach, I, I remember him would let a, an S-palm slip now and then. Yeah. Um, I don't know what kind of environment, you know, it is these days with, with the kids. But, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, it's also a Catholic program, too. So. That uh, so I can you quote, only take the Lord's name in vain. That's you, it. Can you quote scripture? <laughs> if I knew scripture by heart, yes. yes. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, yeah. he says, sit your ass down. Yeah. The path of the righteous man, I learned this. I think it's Paul ninth. fictioning his ass. I think it's ninth grade. I, I think like when the kids yeah. start um, being... You know, a little more mature and and being through puberty a little. The the reason I say it is like seventh graders are still little boys. Not all of them, but some some of the seventh graders are not quite in adolescence yet. Uh, I don't think you should do it at all. Uh, yeah, because of the position that you're in. I mean, it, these are these are kids. Uh, these are you know they have parents who 
Unless you have the okay of all the parents, you shouldn't do it at all. Well, here's what you do, President, to that you point. Know? I think that's probably fairly salient there that you Me, do that. Me, personally, I wouldn't mind that you did it as a parent, yeah. and, but somebody might. And it's send a list. Not to do send it. a list to the parents with <laughs> checkboxes listed from A-hole to the C-word. Well, yeah. so, what, what words may I yell at your child? <laughs> um, it's funny because it was a couple of years ago, uh, there was a coach in one of the sports programs in our area where uh, a coach did say... Uh, I, I believe it was the S word. It was no worse than the S word. It okay. definitely wasn't the F word. And was he reprimanded? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. And, and it was like big time reprimanded. And, um, and you know, the kid that he was, I, I don't necessarily think he really meant to, but I think his emotions got the best of him. And it was, uh, you know, I think it was in the course of the game. Like the kid did something like red card worthy. I mean, I'm sorry, wrong sport. Uh, <laughs> the kid did something worthy of like basically it was terrible, terrible sportsmanship. Yeah. And uh, and I guess he well, just tough lost cookies. His school. But um, you know, the kid went and told his parents, and yeah. the parents like made a stink to the uh, to the whole league. And then I, I think he was asked to step down. Somebody has a great suggestion. You can say tough shiitake mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. How about that? that so that how- kind of gets it. There is there a way? Is I think in your presentation, are are you the lovable coach who is just uh, one of the guys, or are you a stern sort of uh, well, Newt Rockney kind of? The one thing I, Lombardi. I, I said to one of the kids who you know I, I yelled at everybody. I'm like the rule number one is. Do not talk when the coach is talking, right? Yeah. And I'm like, and then so this kid Joe, he's in eighth grade. He looks over at me, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I know he he can't take me seriously, you know, because I, I've known him for a really really long time. But I, I I like yelled really stern, right? And then I sat down and I talked to this other kid who had jammed his finger, so he was kind of sitting out of practice. I go. The rule, you know, what you got to do is you, you got to lay the smack down first day. It's like, you know, teacher on the first day of class, you know, you you, you lay the smack down early. Yeah, and that way they respect you all season long. Pick out the biggest six-year-old. Yeah. Right. I go, uh, I go, did it work? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stop talking to you growing listen, up. Listen, it, it, it is a skill uh, talking to kids and getting their attention and getting the message through. There was a guy that I know that I've seen do it better than anybody, and I'll give him a big plug here. He was the head of our of our scout uh, troop, uh, and uh, Steve Bakey is his name. And I remember seeing a couple of kids acting up, and I'm like, you little, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say, what the hell's wrong with you, kid? Calm down. Leave these other kids alone. What is your problem? Yeah. And I would see Steve pull them aside and go, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> and and just and I'm like, why can't I do that? Yeah. Why can't I talk to and, it, and he would get through to them. Yeah. He would say, look what you're doing. You know what you're doing? Does that make sense? And he would have them answer back. You know what? No, and blah, blah, blah. And the kid would change its attitude. I'm like, ah, teach me, yeah. oh, wise sage. I, you know, How do you do that? I've seen. Some people can do it. I've, I go into Jace's school each week, and uh, I've seen his teacher do something similar where I'm looking at some of the kids like, what, you're. You're so loud. You're disrupting the class. And, you know, you want to say that? And the, the same thing. Teacher goes over and goes, hey, what's going on? What should should you be doing right now? You know, yeah. what are you doing? It's, it's like, like being a kid whisperer. Uh, but, yeah. but, if, but if you're talking about, Casey, for motivation yeah. uh, to do it and using cursing in that regard, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, I think, listen, I, I don't really have a problem with it as long as it's not... Um, uh, as long as it doesn't have, you know, uh, as long as it's not mean. You know or if I mean? you're there's directing no sense, it. There's no sense in being mean yeah, to yeah. kids when it comes to sports. But if you're trying to make an, a, point, a point and emphasis how important something is, I could see, you know, using it. But for you, I wouldn't do it unless you had the parents' permission. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. At, at that age. Maybe high school is a different story. Can you marry you know? them both, Casey? Can you say mother effing tough cookies? <laughs> uh, 
Man, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's not a bad so idea. So that it looks like you're trying to, to tamp it down a little bit. Uh, let's go to some calls. Why not? Let me go to Tim. Hi, Tim. You're on the air. Good morning. Oh, my God. Morning, guys. <laughs> okay. <All right>. Nice, <laughs> Tim. He's What's just up? very religious this morning. Oh, my God. Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I coach CYO sports uh, with my nephews and my niece. And uh, if you curse in front of them and it is church-affiliated, some parents are going to get upset about it, yeah. and it will get back to the athletic director or the priest or whomever for that parish. Sure. And it will come back to bite you in the ass. Uh, in the hiney. I, uh, I, co- I was trying to fire up my nephews at a, at a football game and two other kids that were on the team. They were the biggest kids on the field, and we really needed them to step up and have a good game. So I just kind of hit my nephew's shoulder pad with my, you know, the backside of my fist. Like, come on, man, get fired up. We need you guys. I almost got booted for coaching from that. From just so, kind of doing a, a like a like a like a slap down on the uh, on the shoulder pads. Like, yeah, that's kind yeah, of like a, a football it. motivational yeah, move, yeah. kind of. Yeah, you know, and it was my own nephew, and he was the biggest kid on the field. But uh, you know, one of the parents they, they didn't talk to my sister, whose child it was. They didn't talk to me or the head coach. They went to the parish and told the priest, and then you know, then you're. Well, that, that, that's the deal. As Preston was saying, the, you know, the, the parents ultimately are going to be the if, – if, if it gets back, even if it's in a contorted, not completely accurate version, gets back to the parents and they get upset, you know, you could yeah, get booted. Absolutely. That's part of the deal. Absolutely. We played a team from South Philly. We're up, we're up around Pres- where Preston lives, and yep. uh, we were playing down in South Philly somewhere. It was like, oh, man, there's broken bottles in the end zone and stuff. <laughs> And uh, this one coach was F-bombing me from across the field because he thought we were running the score up on him. And I'm just like, wow, man, I, how do they get away with this? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, it was embarrassing, both sides. There was women, well, you, children. You don't want kids to, I mean, you know, and then they're not the only kids there, sure. I, I, I guarantee you the parents and spectators have brought other kids as well. You can't be letting, you know, that go crazy. But I think in a dugout or off to the side of the field, my 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 dad had a heart. My dad would mix, as I said before, the King's English with profanity. It was part of the deal. Yep. So we would get that all the time. But it's not that you you can't just presume that every parent's cool with that. Yeah, it's got to be tough as a uh, as a coach though. You want the kids to win, mm-hmm. uh, but when they're when they're not giving their all and or they're not doing what you ask of them, and you get frustrated with it, yeah. and uh, and and especially if they're doing it like on purpose, because. That, I'm sure that doesn't happen that often, but maybe sometimes you get somebody out of spite who just wants to make the coach mad. Yeah, uh, but it's got to be hard to bite your tongue a little bit. I would imagine. Can you play off the sympathy? Could you? Could you make them think you were desperately sick? Or desperately <laughs> Don't have many days left. <laughs> you know, I'm dying. And doctors say I only got about 50 years left. Yeah, 50, 60 at the most. <laughs> <sighs> I just if I get all worked up and excited and angry, I'm going to die quickly. You got to help me out, kids. Uh, let me go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. It's all good, Ryan. What's up, man? So this is about 20 years ago, and it was absolutely a different world then. But um, one of my co-players when we were in grade school, he got tossed out of the game for telling his dad to go F himself. Oh, no. All right. So was, was his dad the coach? Through the floor. And he did out of the game. We, we lost that last part. Could you repeat that? Uh, the referee threw the flag, and he didn't know who to throw out of the game. Okay. Wow. 
Go imagine telling your dad to go f himself. No. Oh my god, no, that would have not... been the last day on earth. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. would have absolutely been the last day on earth for me if I ever tried that as a kid. Are you yeah. kidding? I I asked. Uh, I was making a fuss over getting a Frankenstein book at the mall one time, and he only got his foot <laughs> up my ass. I can't imagine saying. Uh, you know, go F yourself, Dad. Uh, okay, somebody points out as well that, you know, you can also tell the kid, hey, okay, you don't have to drill if you don't want to. You also won't get to play in the next game. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You just let them know, look, you've got to do this. Yeah, and then, so that's the other... Tough cookies. <laughs> that's the other tough part about the this particular program is, you know, everybody's supposed to get playing time. Uh, you know what I mean? It's This is, like, my son played uh, A basketball last yeah. year, and A basketball is different than B basketball. A basketball is, like... Um, Different letters? Well, uh, <laughs> definitely different letters. Letters. <laughs> levels. Welcome to my world today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, A basketball is, is a, a lot more uh, competitive as yeah. far as, you know, getting your sure. playing time and stuff is concerned. B, uh, yeah. um, there are 40 minutes in the game and... Everyone has to play? Everybody has to play. Yeah, uh, they're in that you, developmental age. Can't you it's, just yeah, say, yeah. You, you're, you're terrible. You're going to have to sit down. <laughs> nah, here's here's the deal with that, and people have their arguments with that. But they're at that developmental age where everybody does get to play. Eventually, that goes away. You want to give you, them a shot. Yeah, and eventually, you do get sat if you are not up to speed with uh, or yeah. up to par with your, you know, I gotcha. what, how you can play. But I, I have no problem with that at an earlier age because everybody needs, because it might take them a little while to, to learn their way and how would to you shine. Know? Yeah. And, and they, you know, some people are late developers, so I'm I'm totally cool with that whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Case, but I mean, you really, you really hoping somebody will give you the go-ahead that you uh, can... No, I just... Uh, well, I, hey, Case, don't curse. say it. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> That's different. It's different. They can't really. This. I didn't say anything. You. Yeah. This. You. You could give them the finger. Yeah. Or, or the jail. Yeah. Jail motion. <laughs> That'll teach them. I just you was... need to lick my these. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that you posed that question because I had I really had no idea that coaches cursed at the kids. Well, football, I mean, is well, famous what, for that stuff. Yeah, like, that's what uh, the, the coaches I were talking to were two football coaches. Yeah, just, just, sometimes, though, when you watch these these things and you see these coaches in there, it, some of these rants that they go on, I, I, would, I would bust out laughing. You know, the things that are supposed to be those inspirational moments. And, you know, when you see them portrayed in movies, you have great screenwriters who are able to embellish them and make them really soaring. And then you see, like, in real-world scenarios, some of the coaches that just don't, like, like a Jay Wright, I'm sure, has it. He's got it, you know, and, and he knows how to compel his players to yes. play. But you just know they're not the people who are not that eloquent trying to deliver the same soaring pros, and yeah. it just doesn't work. I would love to see if, if some you know, a coach is cursing out a team or something like that, and a kid who is like an old soul just right. kind of goes, you, you know we're kids, right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, yeah. You, you do know that. I don't even know what a C-word is. I'm, I'm sorry that your life has come to this, that this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. the most important thing to you, but we're just children. I have a woman at home who doesn't love me. I can't pay my bills, and my car needs a transmission. Uh, this is it. This will be my one smile of the week, and you little bastards are going to ruin it. <laughs> that is it, man. Well, I, I just got a, uh, um, a definitive answer because my wife texted, uh, no cursing. No, no cursing. cursing. There it is. Done out the right. Right. Yeah. Finished. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would like uh, for us to take a break because we really cool announcement uh, concerning uh, some stuff around here at MMR, and we're going to reveal that info in a little bit, and I would like to give away some movie passes. We have a screening 
of this really cool looking and star studded film, Knives Out. Ryan Johnson uh, is the director, yeah. writer. It will be Wednesday night at the Ritz East at 7 30. You'll need to be there no later than 7 o'clock. So let's take eight callers at 215 263 WMMR. We'll put you on our list. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll have the Bizarre File and this very cool announcement. And we've gotten some giveaways from our friends from Xfinity. So stay there. We'll be back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So after the Bizarre File, we have a very cool announcement about something going on around here. Uh, but quickly, before we do the B-File, and I know a little bit later on we're going to recap some of the weekend's activities, and uh, my band played uh, a gig on Friday. We were raising money for the Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, we were at Chaps. It was it was a great time, and I'll tell you more about that a little later on. But I, I got to say hi to, because he really, really wanted us to, I got to say hi to a guy named Rooster, oh. who is a diehard listener of the Preston and Steve show. I met Rooster, too. Okay, you did? <laughs> yeah. All right. And Steve met Rooster as well. I met him 4,400 times. And he was a great, I think, great guy. Yeah, he told Super me nice guy. 27 or 28 times that we were like family to him. <laughs> so, or we were, yeah, yeah. He That's was a great like a guy. big, burly, yeah. like, I gave him a hug at the end of our yeah. conversation. Yeah, he was uh, nice He's guy. a truck driver, and he spends yeah. a lot of time with us. And it, me- it means a lot that he spends, you know, spends that amount of time. Well, yeah. he donated some money to uh, the Camp Out for Hunger, great. so great thank dude. you, Rooster. Love it. So, absolutely. So, we wanted to mention that. All right, now we can do the Bizarre File. So, here we go. No. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by Red Robin. Red Robin believes every meal should be meaningful, every moment joyful, and every bite blissful. Find your closest location at redrobinpa.com. Red Robin, yum. All right, so in a story that seems right out of Breaking Bad, you guys probably saw this, two Arkansas chemistry professors arrested on Friday and charged with making methamphetamine. Uh, Terry David Bateman and Bradley Allen Rowland are both associate chemistry professors at Henderson State University at Orkadelphia, which, by the way, I never knew that even existed. Orkadelphia. Orkadelphia. Hey, we should do that. Uh, The university vice president of marketing and communications, uh, Tina Hall, told uh, the Times that uh, the two professors have been on administrative leave since October 11th. She said the school's science center was closed on October 8th because of a chemical odor and tests indicated elevated levels of benzyl chloride, which is used to help produce meth in a lab. So they put them on administrative leave, they don't fire them. I We're going to have to really think about this meth thing. Yep, I don't know what the uh, what the official deal is with uh, law enforcement, but yeah, it was it's straight out of Breaking Bad. They are chemistry professors, they know what they're doing, and they started making meth. Wow. All right, how about this? A British man nearly died after a parasite crawled up his penis and started laying eggs. Dear God in heaven. This is after he went for a swim in Lake Malawi in Southeast Africa during a holiday of a lifetime with his pals. Sounds like the holiday of a lifetime. James Michael contracted schistosomiasis, also known as Bilharzia, during his dream trip to Africa. Yeah, Uh, that sounds awesome. James, who lives in London, said, when I look back at the photos from my time in Africa, it's weird to think that there was a parasite crawled up in my penis. 
I went to Africa and all I got was this lousy parasite in my penis. Uh, it was exactly how I imagined the trip from a lifetime to go. The whole experience was surreal and strange. The 32-year-old visited Africa with three friends. The group swam and canoed every day in Lake Malawi before heading back to the U.K. It was back in England that James' nightmare began. He started to notice a loss of feeling in both his legs, but initially put that down to fatigue from cycling. Then he checked himself into the hospital when basic tasks like climbing the stairs uh, to his apartment became exhausting. James was giving antibiotics. He was sent home, but a week later he felt worse, so he returned to the hospital. He said he went to the neurology department, and they did a blood test to see what was up, determined quickly that my immune system was attacking my spine, leading to the loss of the control of my legs. The first thing I would have said is I have just been in Africa. Doctors told James a parasitic worm had crawled up his penis and laid eggs in his body. He was diagnosed with schistosomiasis. Uh, once in the body, the worms move through the blood to areas such as the liver and bowel. Oh. After a few weeks, <laughs> they start to lay eggs. Some eggs remain inside the body and are attacked by the immune system. And if left untreated, it could cause severe consequences. James was prescribed medication that kills the worms. He said that killed the infection, but I was left basically debilitated. They told me there was a 30% chance I'd make a full recovery 10 years from now. He spent a total of three months in the hospital using a wheelchair and then four months on crutches until April this year. He also had a breakout of extreme acne on his back. That's just sensational. And arms that was caused by steroids. I hope that ends up in a travel brochure for Malawi. As well as diarrhea. I uh, said the pain has been un- unlike nothing I've ever known. And, uh, <laughs> well, scratch that off the bucket list. But he's, sim- he's uh, apparently recovered since then. It's pretty messed up. A 14-year-old girl has been arrested for eluding police and driving while impaired after leading police in a high-speed chase early Friday morning. She's 14, okay? She was drunk? Yeah. So it was just before 12.30 a.m. when a trooper spotted an SUV speeding, tried to pull the driver over. The vehicle failed to yield to the trooper, and a pursuit happened, and the driver reached speeds of 100 miles an hour. Holy hell. During the chase, another trooper deployed spike strips on the road, and they were successful in popping the tires of the SUV. It crashed. The two girls inside got out and tried to run. They were captured a short time later. Were they Visco girls? I don't know about that. You'd hear that as they were running away. The driver, determined to be 14 years old, was arrested for suspicion of DUI and felony eluding police. And she has since been booked into juvenile detention. They're back here. Uh, the passenger, also a 14-year-old girl, was released to her mother. The girl was listed as a missing juvenile runaway. That's terrible, man. Nobody was injured during the chase, though, thankfully. Uh, and then, how about this? Here's a great excuse. All right. 37-year-old man had an unusual explanation for a bag of cocaine that police found reported in his car. According to the police, he stated that uh, the police or the wind must have placed it into his vehicle. Guy, don't you hate that? Like when you're going through a tow booth and you yeah. roll down your window and drugs fly into your car? Yeah, the wind. All right, yeah. so K- the case began when police conducted a traffic stop. Police reported the driver is making uh, movements, is attempting to discard an item out of the passenger window. Investigators said the driver was also hiding an open can of Budweiser in the door. Did that fly into the wind, too? Uh, before the stop, police said that he was spotted drinking in the parking lot of a motel known for drug sales and prostitution. Police reported finding an apparent drug pipe in the car along with a bag with a residue that tested positive for cocaine. Did the hooker blow through the window, too? <laughs> he said the bag wasn't his. He stated that the police or the wind must have placed it there. And the affidavit did not list wind speed or other meteorological conditions at that time. So the police didn't even entertain that possibility? I don't think they really okay. did. They should have, though. Honestly, I mean, you know, give it yeah. a thorough investigation. Yep. Uh, all right, we'll do one last story and then uh, wrap it up for now. Uh, privacy advocates 
who strapped cameras to their heads and walked around Capitol Hill Thursday, say that Amazon's facial recognition technology successfully recognized a congressman, but also claimed to spot singer Roy Orbison, who died in 1988. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> the activists scanned thousands of faces Thursday inside and outside. Roy? the U.S. Capitol, to highlight the dangers of facial recognition surveillance and to urge lawmakers to restrict its use. They used commercially available software that Amazon has pitched to police, running it against a database of lawmakers, journalists, lobbyists, and, of course, sunglass-favoring 1960s crooners. (laughs) It uh, recognized California Democratic Rep uh, Mark de uh, Solanaire, but uh, misidentified other people. So they were trying to make Senator a point, Orbison? And they came back with Roy Orbison. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Okay, we have an announcement to make. Do we want to do the announcement first? I want and, the announcement first, I think. And then meet our guests. Yeah. Because okay. it's very cool. Yeah. So obviously we've been uh, dealing with a lot of construction in our workspace and and still are dealing with that. And uh, there's a massive reconstruction that's being done on the entire building here, One Bala Plaza, where we work in Bala Kinwood. But specifically right in uh, our uh, general work area has been a very meticulously... Uh, uh, what's the word? Designed, reconfigured uh, area yeah. that we're very excited to reveal today. So, in uh, over the years, you've heard us mention that our guests would be waiting in the green room, uh, which is, of course, this kind of staging area before they come in, and it's a really cool spot. And we have had it completely redone, and we are changing the name of it all to reflect as such. And it looks awesome. It used a, to be our office. Yeah. And uh, it look. I'm really very happy with the way it turned out. So just off of the uh, off of the studio here is an area that you will hear us refer to from now on. And we are proud to announce the new naming of the green room, which is the Xfinity Lounge. Yeah. Yes, it is now the Xfinity Lounge. And where do you see the pictures that we will reveal of this? Because it looks so cool. It's We're very, very futuristic. It is. It, it, it's very clean, very clean lines. I love it. A lot of technology in there that's awesome. You like how clean it is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Clean furniture. Clean. No, no, yeah. no uh, gaffing tape on the uh, couch. Right, yeah. Holding it together. No bizarre stains that even... <laughs> The scientists could figure out what it is. It was just—it is antiseptically perfect, and we're going to attempt to keep it that way. We were always pretty embarrassed when we would have people like, "Oh, I don't know, John Travolta yeah. stop by, and yeah. hey, do you mind sitting on this ratty, held together with duct tape couch while we await oh, our, the interview?" Don't mind that; it's a piss stain. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So now it's nice and clean, and it's high tech with these uh, monitors that are in there. Beautiful, honestly, it's great. Also, we now have Xfinity in the office, which is great. Yes, I love it. That's it's a the huge, remote I have at home. A huge difference, and uh, you know, we, they, they're also doing things to to improve not only your your television viewing, but all kinds of stuff around your house. So we have some representatives of Xfinity who are here this morning. Uh, please welcome Jennifer Bellata, who is the yes. VP of Communications. Thank you. Uh, we have Ken Sedberry, who's the Senior Yay! Technical Operations Manager, and Kelly Devine, the Marketing Yay! Manager. So three reps from Xfinity. Thank you guys for being here this morning. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you liked the space. It was a long time, a lot of planning, oh so I was God. so happy to hear that We, we uh, To be honest, you don't know. You hear what you're going to get, and you're like, okay, all right, we'll see, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> Right. a proud longtime partner with WMMR, so we're thrilled to be able to unveil the Xfinity Lounge here because 
Philadelphia's number one morning show deserves a first-rate space for all of your celebrities well, and guests thank to come you. hang out in. We actually had, it was great to have, like, we had John O'Hurley in on Friday, which is, he, he wasn't fully, 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 but it was right there. I mean, every this is an impressive thing. Yeah. We 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 real. It's it's a nice setup with the huge monitors and all that stuff. And it looks and, great. and I have to say because they do artists rendering ahead of time when they're designing these things, and we get to take a look yeah. at them. It looks exactly <laughs> yeah. like the mock-ups that they had uh, for the whole thing. So I'm really happy how and, it turned out. What's cool is that uh, this is furniture you would actually uh, want to sit on as yeah. opposed to the uh, Flintstone furniture, <laughs> the most uncomfortable yeah, furniture. Like a rock couch. It was horrible. Yeah. 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 And it's comfy and also connected. So it has Xfinity X1, Xfinity Wi-Fi. So if Bradley Cooper's in there, wants to check some emails, stream some content. <laughs> Very you can also nice. use the Xfinity voice remote to check out our apps like Netflix and YouTube. And can even search for the presidency of Weekly Rush on Demand. That's How about perfect. that? Absolutely. No, it's, and the, the, the monitors and everything, and the, the whole design is perfect. Yep. And we're going to do some uh, some giveaways in a little bit. They brought some tech stuff for us to give to you in conjunction with this awesome rollout of the new Xfinity Lounge and uh, Ken is here and he can he can speak on that. So uh, I know you guys have some really cool stuff that can be done for the entire house. I mean, not just your TV, obviously the X1 platform and all that stuff is great. But what are some of the other things that you guys want to highlight? Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, the uh, Xfinity XFi uh, platform gives you the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, really gives you speed, coverage, and control. Those are the really the big three pillars of uh, of Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I, I have this set up. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. By the way, Ken, I'm sure when Ken sees on his phone my name pop, it's like, oh, no. Uh, but, uh, no, you're, you're always really cool. But I, the, the tech is, is really great, and the speeds that you can get now on the system are unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just w- one of my favorite features is if you ever forget your Wi-Fi password, take the uh, Xfinity voice remote, say, yeah. what's my Wi-Fi password, comes right up on your TV. So you have friends or family over. Really? Yeah. Real, oh my God! Hey, what are you doing later? Because my uh, my dad might need some help. I, I was watching the Eagles game at their house yesterday, and we watched the first quarter in Spanish uh, because he was unable to change the. Uh, are you the, serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he loves Comcast. He, he's a big fan, but um, could use some tech support, Ken. So I, I might uh, ask you to give Tom a call later today. I'm, I'm here for you. Thank you very much. Hey, what are what are some of the commands you can say into the X1 uh, that that we may not know of? Do you guys know offhand? Uh, yes, I mean, you could pull up, uh, let's say, you know, you're watching the Eagles game, but you're a big-time fantasy football player. You can pull up you can pull up all the uh, other teams' scores uh, live right on your TV while you're watching the game. What would you, what would you say into the remote to uh, get that? Sports scores. Okay. Uh, football scores. Right. I've asked, I, I just screwing around asking at various things, just, you know, right down to the weather or, or whatever, or just seeing my, 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 uh, my security camera, my Xfinity security cameras around the house. You call that up, they pop right up. Um, yeah. And in fact, what it's doing now is it's prompting you, it, why don't you try, it'll, it'll give you an option of, of trying this. So take those out for a spin. When you see it pop up on the screen, yeah. try it, because it's a good way to commit it to memory. Yeah, the, the voice remote, uh, Nick, I have a mother that is a, a lot like your father. <laughs> okay. And so she um, she likes some offbeat programs, right? So, yeah. um uh, a lot of Father Brown, a lot of new tricks, a lot of these a lot of BBC, snuff films, <laughs> snuff films and stuff like that. Uh, she has a hard time remembering what channel things are on. Yeah, and I have, uh, I have, we gave her the voice remote, and you know, I'm like, you don't even have to worry about the numbers anymore. You yeah. just say the name of the the channel, the show, whatever. That's you just awesome. say it into. Yeah, it's simple as that. That's cool. Yep, it has made things so much easier. Plus, your apps are, all, you know, again, you have the uh, the Amazon Prime is on there. You have Netflix. You have all that stuff goes right through. I will use the YouTube function. You know. YouTube with the voice remote uh, and its efforts. What I really like is 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 now the insertion of the um, the commercial, the yellow commercial um, 
Oh, when, the on the DVR. Yes. Oh, Boom. You rock <laughs> it through. This? So when you record something now, what'll happen is when you go back to watch it, it will take the commercial breaks and they'll be highlighted in yellow lines. So as you're going along, when you go into that, just fast forward quickly and it goes right to the end. It'll go about a second forward into the program, then go back just a second Yay. and start right at the beginning of the content. It's only certain networks, but it's a lot of them. NBC, of course, and it's only on your DVR. So if you record something and you can just hit fast forward and then just you know walk away from the remote and it'll stop and pick up at the next. Thankfully, everyone who listens to radio loves to listen to the commercials. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Have any do. feature yeah. like that. I, I wanted to ask, and, and who's going to be the, I, I, I sent you the, the tech ops manager, Ken. I said, uh, I'm guessing maybe it's you, that, but we have some giveaways we're going to do at some point during the morning. We have the Philips Hue bulb starter kits. What can you tell us about that? They're, they're great light bulbs. Uh, for example, I, I have them at my house. I was watching the Eagles game. You can turn the lights on green during an Eagles game or orange for the Flyers. Uh, it's really cool light I bulbs. I have them, yeah. You can do it on, on your, your, your phone. Can you do it by voice? Can you, can you say color yet, or is it still you have to do it just by through the app? You can do it with your voice Okay, as well. all right, very cool. Yeah, so get, you, you create the mood, Preston. Exactly, you can create moods for yourself, and right. then you can say into the remote, you know, bedtime mode or something, and have it be these really chill blue lights if that's what you want. And then you can control them the traditional way, too, just turning on and off or coming on and off at a certain time. Very okay. cool, and we have a couple of those, and what else do we have? Uh, we have the, uh, the Echo Bee Light Smart Thermostat. Oh, okay. Tell us about that, please. So it's a work with, works with device. It will work with our apps. Um, you can control the uh, the heating and air conditioning through it. Also has some uh, voice features through it as well. Um, remote sensor. So if you want to control a different room in the home, you can work it through your your uh, your, your remote too on your TV, right? You can do it everything's your, yep. integrated through us. Boom. Yep. We can also do it on your phone. So if you're away and you want to, you know, keep the uh, you want you want to change the environment while you're gone, so you're not wasting money. You can do that and then have it uh, nice and toasty warm when you get back home later. Yeah, you something? can have schedules as well. If you get off okay. work at five o'clock, you can have it heat up to a desired temperature by six o'clock. So when you're I home, do it all the time. your pets, yeah. I, I do, see. I like it a little bit chillier in my house, and I'm the <laughs> only one who has the app on my phone, <laughs> so I, I use it all the time. And and uh, oftentimes during the summer, I will check the house temperature before I even head home, and. Um, you know, inevitably, it's going to be set at like 70. I'm like, no, 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 66. <laughs> 66, wow. Oh, I, li- I, I, I like it chilly. Nice. So, yeah, we're excited about this association. We'll do those giveaways in a little bit. Yep. But but we do have uh, a chance for people to win those this morning uh, through Xfinity. Jennifer, anything that you want to mention that's that's coming up with Xfinity that uh, that you want to highlight? or? I think what, what I really love, love everybody to walk away with is how our products and services work together. So you've got the XFi app, and you can control your Wi-Fi, like we were saying. You can set rules if you have kids. Turn, you know, my daughter, her her Wi-Fi access is turned off at 8 p.m. Doesn't come back on until 7 p.m. the next day. She also can only be on Wi-Fi for an hour a day. And that's all controlled through the app. So just really easy. And you also have your dashboard so you can see what devices are attached to your network. It's incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that, that is, is great about it. And so I'm a big tech guy, and I know people like to give crap to, you know, you guys all the time, but I, and I said this to Ken. You know, the 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 this stuff is there. It's research and stuff is being integrated all the time. And I go, oh, they added this. So it is. It the proof is in if you use it, and I use it. And like from from just like with the, with the with the with the home security, when I have like somebody coming by like a, a dog walker, I can I know when I know when the door has been opened up. I can unlock the door remotely. I can have them go in. I can see them go in. All that stuff gives a level of peace of mind. I've used the security cameras through the, the that. 
to when my neighbor's side view mirror was was hit off the car. Mm-hmm. I was able to get the license plate for that. This is real world usable stuff. And, and do I, you have the pods? Do you have dead spots? Did you have dead spots? No dead spots. I am a rock and Wi Fi mofo. Yeah, right. it's all because good. You have yeah. the X5 pods. So yeah. when we talk about speed coverage and control, we are the largest provider of gigabits, gigabit speeds throughout the country. Uh, coverage with our X5 pods. If you have any dead spots in your house, you can use the the pods to extend your Wi Fi and get into those hard to reach places. And control being the dashboard, so you can set the bedtime rules. You can see what. Uh, devices are attached to your network. You can kick them off if you want to. You can... Um, you, you know, know when someone's joined the... Ne- you, you know, all of right? that stuff. Is this suspicious? Do I want to allow this device right. or not? We also are offer protection. So that's something that people have to worry about. You have all of these, you know, Wi-Fi devices in your house, Alexa, all these other things. Um, you have to worry about people trying to hack into that. So you can get X-Fi Advantage and you can uh, protect those devices as well. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. You guys got it covered. And uh, I want to remind people that why this is such a big deal that we have uh, the Xfinity Lounge now is because sponsorships are how we get business. At the, it's it's the only way. It's the only business we do in radio. It's show business. In radio. And uh, and so without these guys sponsoring things like that, we don't, the show doesn't go on. It's yes. show business. And we need, we need money to make the show run. So uh, we thank them so much for uh, being a, a big part of the radio station and sponsoring uh our now former green room, now Xfinity Lounge from hence day forth. Mm-hmm. It is the Xfinity Lounge. And it's legit. Yeah, it's not just a couch in the office. And we also, we have listeners here all the time. So this is going to be yep. uh, comfortable for them as well. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so let's do that giveaway now. It, and it's one package giveaway. You get two Philips Hue bulb starter kits and one Echo B3 Light Smart thermostat. Courtesy of X- Xfinity. And we'll take caller 25 and we will give that to you. 215-263-WMMR, and you can make your home as connected as the Xfinity Lounge if you get in touch with them today. Um, So we thank you guys, and it's wonderful to see you, and we're looking forward to this awesome partnership. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks. Let's hear for Jen and and Kelly. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have our first guest to officially sit in the Xfinity Lounge, Mr. John Dornbos. All right. Stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Not only is our next guest in town for a book signing, but he's also relearning what the word cold means. (laughs) Uh, He has the event taking place tonight, so let's talk to our good friend, Mr. John Dorian. So good to be back. It's been too long, man. How you doing, buddy? Hey, this is Rockstar. Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah, you were saying that until you leave an area that has <laughs> winter weather for a while, you don't realize. I'm a Southern California kid, so look, when I was done playing, I went back home, and you know, I, I don't, I haven't been here in the winter in a while. Yeah. Let me tell you, when you come back, you realize this is cold. Yesterday was cold. Well, here's yeah, the dude. deal. It, it gets uh, there's there's cold that you'll get here, but then you also get raw, which is the sort of um, you sort of moist. I know a lot of people like Great word. But it cuts through you. (laughs) So, uh, uh, but, uh, and yeah, you're right. Being away from it, especially in that environment, you know, it's it's always warm and wonderful, but not so here. It's the wind just slaps you right in the face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That moist wind is just... the moistness. You lived in Buffalo for a while, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And guess what? I haven't been back in the winter since. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll visit you guys in like September. Oh, that, well, they, uh, up from there, obviously, it, it starts snowing in the, the beginning of August. So, well, it, yeah. and, and and Buffalo, look, Buffalo is it, it's Buffalo, great people, and it, it's not the cold, it's not the snow. It's it's like you said, it's eight months. Like, yeah, you'll yeah. be in May and get three feet of snow, and you're like, whoa, yeah, whoa. It's, it's just, and they're, they're used to, it and they laugh it off, and they, you know. But it, what your context is is what you deal with. So we still yeah. we're still not thrilled with it. It's a, probably a few degrees colder than it should be this time, but. Uh, Hey, yeah, it's what we do. You know, yeah, you move man. along. So uh, we talked to you not that long ago about uh, about the book, but obviously you're in town. You're doing a signing, so so we definitely want to talk about that more. Life is magic, an extraordinary true story of trauma and transformation. We know all about you know your father murdered your mother and and uh, how traumatic that was. Is this is this your life story so far? The whole thing is that uh, besides you know yeah. exploring all of that. Yeah, so it's it's. It kind of took a, a real big turn when my daughter was born. So uh, it's the therapy. It's my dad's trial. It's everything that happened in between. And then two weeks before my daughter was born, I realized there's three words I've never said out loud. I've never said, I forgive you. Right. So I hit up my dad. And for the first time in 26 years, I hit him up and said, let's go to lunch. And so we sat for five and a half hours. And I realized that if I can find motivation in the worst things that's happened in my life, that we're going to change the world and make it a better place for my daughter. How did you reach out to him in the first place? A phone call, an email, somebody else do it for you? Yeah, or? so the NFL contacted him a long time ago to do an interview. Okay. And, and he basically was like, yeah, I'm good. And so they had his info, and I reached out to them and said, hey, do you have my dad's email still? And they said, yeah, 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 here you go. So I just shot an email hoping it was it, and so it was. You, so you didn't have contact with him prior to this? 26 years. Oh, what, were you, what were you that. expecting okay. when the email went out? Were you, we figured it's a crab shoot, really not going to happen, or, or I put myself in his shoes, and I, 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 I would have been if it was his email, yeah. right? If this is the right email, I was thinking he'd get back to me and say, yeah, you know, and, and he did. He said, "I'm waiting for your time to be right," and it was all good. And so, uh, basically, I wanted to find, I wanted to relive that relationship, all the pain, the hurt, the betrayal, like everything that could have been, that should have been. To instead of making excuses to find motivation to be a better dad and realize how excited I was to be the dad I never had. And then all of a sudden live that relationship, not just through my eyes as a dad, but also through my daughter's. And actually do it for the first time. Yeah. I'm curious about when you when you sat down to write that email. Email. I've never had to go through anything like that in my life. But I've had moments when I was, you know, like young and I wanted to ask a girl out or something. When, when I was taking that leap of faith, whatever it may be, that thing that you're, you're hesitant on, but you've just got to, you just have to dive in and do it. Did you sit there and sweat over what you were going to say in that message? Absolutely. And, okay. and, and you know what? You write it, and then what do you do? You slowly click backspace. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just sit there, and then you write it, and then you slowly click backspace. And I realized less is more. And so literally all I wrote is, hey, it's been a long time. I have no expectations. I don't want anything from you. If you want to meet for lunch or coffee sometime, hit me up. Wow. Did um, he ever apologize to you? Um, You know, okay, so when I went there, I realized that uh, – I'm not going there for validation. I'm not going there for answers. And I literally treated it like I would a game plan, right? Like I had a plan and I'm going to stick to this and I'm there for me. And I think the most important thing that I realized is forgiveness to me for a long time was about winning and losing. It's about one-upping. It's about if I forgive you, I'm okay with what you did. Let's be buddies. And in this process, I realized that that's not what it's about for me. It's about coming to terms with my reality, coming to terms with peace, getting rid of this burden and just being okay with it. Like whether you agree or not isn't the issue, whether you accept it or not. It isn't really the issue. It's be okay with it and realize that it's not going to change. So don't let it affect your life going forward. So I didn't forgive him for what he did, but I, I said, I forgive you for being lost and I forgive you for making a mistake. Yeah. And you know what? That was it. That's all I needed to do. So um, how was he as a father prior to what happened? 
Amazing. And and to answer your question real quick, Kathy, he, he apologized for causing pain. Okay. Which was kind of like, okay. And anytime we, we I kind of would ask a question, he'd you know, deflect, which is fine because then you got to step back and realize I'm not here for you. I'm here for, for my yeah. journey. Right. Well, you, you, and, you, so, and, and real quick, so he was a great dad. Like, we played catch every day, president of the Little League, president of my, you know, uh, coached all my teams. And, like, he's invested you in know, your, you oh, as, yeah. and, and the whole deal. But, but, but to, to that point, and that is a macro compared to many micros that we all, um, encounter but like you know like my my sister's uh brother is she loves him dearly but he just doesn't return calls and it frustrates her yeah. a lot and i said if you love what he is there you you have to love the guy who doesn't return calls that's that's what it's yep. going to be and once you say okay that's it it, it, you know, it's like you say, this your, is, it's your wife's brother. You said my sister's brother. Oh, I said my wife's that brother. That would make him your brother right, as well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, your, your wife's brother. <laughs> right. yeah, so, yeah. so, but in the essence of that's, that's, yeah. that's basically it. So uh, on a much larger scale, you don't, you're just not going to get some, you, you're not there to get, uh, here's five things I need to hear. No. You, yeah. you, you just, I just accepted it for what it is. You know, yeah. a, a person, a friend of mine broke that scenario down real easy and he goes like this. When an idiot says something stupid, don't get angry. Don't get all mad, right? Yeah. Expect it. Yeah. When the idiot says something smart, that's when you should be shocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I and I got it. So, you know, for me, when I when I realize that it doesn't matter what he says, whether it's good or bad, I have yeah. no expectation. And what he said didn't affect my, my journey, then it kind of opened up that world of it's all going to be okay. Like, I don't need this guy's validation. I just want to go say I forgive you to clear my heart and my soul to be a better dad than what I had. I'm not, I'm not aware of the situation. Are his are either of his parents still alive? Uh, his mom is. Okay. And so he kind of takes care of his mom and his brother. Um, and it's funny because in five and a half hours, like, it wasn't really – it was a pretty superficial conversation. And if I would ask a question, all of a sudden he'd go on a political rant about how the prison system needs to change. or It was very – I don't really. Yeah, yeah, it's like you must be thinking. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah. I don't want to hear about how it needs to change. Uh, But, but you know, in in a way, that's that's who he is. That's what makes him. That's what made him do. It's just this concoction. This we're we're all sort of these uh, collection of ingredients, and so that that's it. So where do you stand right now with him? That's all. That that was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, if if I ever saw him again, it would be because my wife was curious. Yeah. You know, but other than that, I don't. What I realized is I only have so much time on this world. And when I went through my open heart surgery and all that, things kind of perspective changed on time. Sure. You know, I just don't really want to spend my time, you know, and and it's funny because, you know, he was like, oh, I wish I knew you were here longer. We could have gone for a bike ride in the mountains. And I'm just thinking to myself. No. Nah. I I literally told him, I go, I'm good right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think part of him wanted to forget everything happened and just be a father son and like and there was a part of me that for a few seconds sitting at that table that's what i like just you forget everything and for the first time in my life i'm just sitting down having lunch with my dad you know and you just take and then you snap out of it you know but wow uh it seems to me that uh some people would struggle to come up with material for a book about their life uh you are not one of those people (laughs) what what did you what did you leave out uh, looking back on writing the book that maybe you wanted to put in or, or an editor said to take out? You know, I'm sure it was all that had to do with us. The first 14 chapters are about the, my journey with Preston and Steve. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and, then, like, and it, just, it would have seemed self-serving. And we yeah, understand uh, absolutely. That. Your friendship absolutely. with Nick yeah. McElwain, yeah. I'm sure. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, that one goes that. way back. Right. Way, way, way back. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm really proud of this. Look, it took me a long time to write this. Uh, I don't really know if I left anything out. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, you go on Amazon and you read reviews, like a game plan to evaluate, here was my goal. Is it, am I reaching the people with the message I want? And, and everybody's responding with the way I hope. And that is, if you're struggling with an event or you're struggling with closure or forgiveness or something, I think there's some some keys in here 
that I told myself that I, I had a process on how I found happiness. Because I've been through a lot, and a lot of people are like, yo, Dornbosch, you're like one of the happiest people I ever met. And I am. Like, I'm happy to be alive, right? So these are kind of my secrets on what I tell myself and what I've learned throughout my journey to have closure with events and to have forgiveness with people that just don't need to be in my life yep, anymore. So uh, I, the name Larry Platt is attached yeah. to this book as well. That guy is like a, he's a machine when it comes to, to these sort of things. Yeah. So, so basically if, if anybody ever did a movie in my life, I wanted it to be a guy named Mike Tolan and he did radio coach Carter varsity blues. Yeah. And, Great stuff. Yeah. 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 And so, and he's a Philly guy. Yeah. So he hits me up and goes, yo, we should do a movie. And I'm like, uh, this is cool. Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Are you writing a book? I'm trying hit up Larry Platt. He'll capture your voice. I'll option the movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that pretty much solves that problem. Well, and Larry, Larry killed it. So we do these long, extensive interviews, right? And then he goes and he writes. And structuring a book is hard. Like uh, the last thing I wanted is, and I turned to well, thirteen, and then <laughs> right. I turned fourteen, yeah. and then on my seventeenth birthday, <laughs> it's hard to structure it. And he did a great job. Yeah. So um, speaking of finding your voice, you're the one who voiced the audio book. By the way, the, the book is available everywhere. Yep. And uh, and you so you can get on Amazon. Um, and uh, I listened to a little bit uh, excerpt. And it was like, oh, so because I, I was curious to see who who actually narrated the book, and it was you. Well, so so I assumed you do it. Yeah, like I don't know, but like it'd be weird if some British guy was telling my story. <laughs> my right? name I is just John assumed. Turnbull. <laughs> yes, like so. I, uh, prestidigitation <laughs> is my calling card. Like, and and then when I was like, yo, so when do I do the audio book? They were like, you want to do your own audio book? I'm like, sure. Yeah. I thought it'd be cake. Dude, let me tell you, <laughs> for a guy that actually in, in school and I talk about it, I didn't have a learning disability, but like reading comprehension, reading out yeah. loud is really hard for me. So to go in with that, doing an audio book and reading out loud is really hard for How me. Long? They're How tra- long? They're trained journalists. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, like people who are broadcasters who, who do this for a living, who go, who will never do their own audio books for that very reason. Yeah. There's, there's sort of an art. To it, how long? How and, long? Do, and I'm good on a teleprompter. Yeah, I'll kill a teleprompter, right? But right. like reading my own book was really hard. So it how was for 14, 15 hour days. Yeah, wow. I mean, th- there were some times where I'd read a sentence like ten times, and then finally I'd be like, "Guys, I got to get out of this room." And then, and then the room starts spinning. And you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And then you're embarrassed because then every once in a while yeah. I'd be like, "I'll tell you what's really bad." Right, is you say words, but you don't really know how to spell them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's really bad when you're doing your audio book and then you pause and you're like, uh, excuse me, Bob, hey, how do I pronounce that word right there? <laughs> it's your own book. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. hippopotamus. John. Ah, yes, 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 thank you. Well, let- uh, John, that's kaleidoscope. Ah, yes. Yes, of course yes. it is. Of course it is. Casey was listening when I came is. in and there was this section of that he was listening to about, about you talking about talking to yourself. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big proponent of that as well. I do it all the time. And, you know, I, I think what happens is it, it, there may be an issue if you start hearing answers, you know. But, I mean, if you're, if you're talking to yourself, and describe how you use that as a tool. So, so here's the way I look at it, right? You, you, there, there's a voice in all of our heads that yeah. basically just tells you to quit sometimes, tells you to give up, tells you to doubt yourself. I just change that narrative and change that voice, and I have my whole life. And instead, I talk to myself out loud, and then I hear myself. So, therefore, I'm listening to the words versus listening to the doubt in my own head. Wow. And when you talk to yourself... You change the narrative of where you're going. Like even all my passwords, right? They all change, and it's where I'm going to be. It's where I, it's. It could be materialistic, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional. Doesn't matter. But all my passwords to my garage, and my emails, they're always changing to where I want to go. So one, they're changing, and two, I, I, I type this password all day, every day, and I'm telling myself where I'm going. And right. I, I believe that the words that you tell yourself and you speak to yourself, the way you view yourself, the way that you uh, uh, empower yourself is the same way you're going to view the world, the same way you're going to talk to the world, the same way you're going to change the world. And how so much of this is careful. self-taught how, and, and how much have you you know picked up, I don't know, through From therapy, us. <laughs> <laughs> From, no, through therapy or, or whatever? Because, I yeah. mean, this is really 
salient advice. Um, you know, I, I, I had therapy when I was a kid for a long time, and I had a great therapist, and I had a family that loved me. And I was at an age that I was very – I was influenced, right? And so you're at an age where you're trying to figure the world out, and you're old enough to understand – you know, just from, from the time I can remember and after therapy, I just knew that I wanted to bring pride back to my last name. I didn't want people to hear the, the last name Dornboss and think of a murder. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to make my mom proud and just these little things that – and then I realized that, you know, my, my, my mom's life got cut so, so short. I don't know when mine's going to be gone. So there's a lot of fun things to do in this world, so you better get busy. So you made a choice to be on America's Got Talent while you were still actively playing football. And yep. I just wanted to know if that was a calculated move, if it was something that were like, oh, let me try this. Or if you thought, man, if I were to do this, it probably would be better for me if I was still actively in the game. Now, actually, a, a buddy of mine, Chris Judd, he's a dancer. He goes, dude, you should do America's Wait Got a Talent. Chris, Chris Judd, Judd from uh, J-Lo's? J-Lo's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, great dude. What Such a nice hell? guy. Yeah, so Chris is a good friend of mine. He goes, John, you should do the show. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. John, you should do the show. I'm good. John, do the show. Okay, I'll do the show. <laughs> so he sent some footage, and the producers called and said, yo, can you, it was Sunday. They're like, yo, can you film in front of the judges on Tuesday? Yeah, okay, I'll do this. And so my thought was I'll just get hopefully get Simon to say a few things, promote my speaking career, opt out, go to training camp. Yeah. Well, I, I went to the next round, then I was going to opt out, and then they gave me that gold buzzer. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like, team doesn't even know I'm doing this, right? Yeah. So then I showed up, and then the Eagles were like, yo, I'll never forget this. They're like, yo, this is amazing. Why didn't you tell us? I know training camp's starting. I know they're filming the lives. Like, we got to make this work for you. And I was kind of blown away that they were, like, on board. And Jeff Lurie goes, you know, John, let's be honest. It's not like you're the quarterback. It's not like you're you know. <laughs> Good point. And I was like, good point, Jeff. I, I'm almost an athlete, but not quite. You know? Not true. Not true. And, and they made it work, man. And I didn't miss a practice. I didn't miss a, a, so a special cool. teams meeting. Didn't miss a game. And for me, it was the ultimate because I was playing in the NFL. And when we played Cleveland on the home opener, I got on a jet and went to L.A. And I was, I was performing on – well, first of all, to get on a jet was sick, by the way. Yeah. Right? It was expensive, but it was so worth it. But to get on the stage of America's Got Talent, I was performing my two loves on the biggest stages of the world simultaneously. Like, for me, that was really cool. It is it is wild. And and now, honestly, so you got this deal with this on uh, on Ellen's uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, it's uh, cool. Ellen Tube. Which right? her, her her digital platform's just... Uh, tons monstrous. of stuff. She, she populates it with oh, yeah. fresh content all the time. So explain the show that you're, uh, so, you're yeah, doing. It's called Let Me In So You Can Win. It's a game show. And we basically show up in neighborhoods and just... We, we, we create a game show in your neighborhood. And you can win tons of money, cars. And uh, we're trying to kind of reward people that do good things in their community. And then you get neighbors competing against each other. And it's been a lot of fun. So it's basically self-explanatory. I'm going to knock on your door, so just let me in so you can win. <laughs> no so, so you, obviously, you've got to, now, we've asked this before, but I, I want to know how far it's progressed. How buddy-buddy are you with Ellen? Are you drop by, uh, buddy? Are you, I, I'm calling ahead before, I'm on my way, I'll see you next month. Uh, or she just knows your name. Or she just knows your name. Uh, you know, let's just say there are times that my wife looks over and says, hey, if she wasn't, you know, a little bit older and married to Portia, this would not be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're buddies. She is amazing, and, and she cares so much. And the fact that she, she's she gone all in to help me and just say, hey, how can I help you? And I'm okay. doing what you yeah. do. It's well, awesome. Then I want to know if, because yeah. she has this gorilla sanctuary that she's yeah. ever got. Can you get us a gorilla? <laughs> 
Wait a minute. I, there's one outside. I, I, brought, I brought him. I, brought I do him. get a gorilla. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm going to ask for something selfishly uh, because our Camp Out for Hunger is coming up in two weeks. Yeah. If you could drop her a note and let her know that, I mean, it's literally uh, the largest single uh, food drive in the entire country. I mean, last year we I'd raised... like to go further and say the universe. In the universe. Well, probably. Well, I mean, ma- yeah. maybe. But, um, I mean, we have figures to, to back this sort of stuff up. But, like, I mean, millions of pounds of food are raised every single year. You know, even if it's something she just wants to kind of, like, spotlight for five seconds in Boom. a monologue or whatever. I, I don't even know. I can Shoot I can, me the details. I will, I will right. shoot you the details. Now, how did you do the gumball trick? Oh, that was fun. Okay. Yeah, with so PG, explain it's on to these social. guys what you did. Yeah, you basically rip a card up, we restore it, but then there's one piece missing, and it was like across the locker room in a gumball machine wrapped in a piece of gum. It was killer. BG loved it. So uh, I'll post it on Instagram when I leave here. The Eagles posted oh. it. That was a fun one, man. That was a yeah, fun one. I was, wow. Uh, yeah. I you know ripped up the piece, and then uh, I went to the gumball machine, and I'm like this. I don't. I got lucky. Did you? <laughs> You're the devil. So, 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 how long do you take working? I mean, obviously, there there are tricks uh, and and delusions and things that you can, uh, that you can that other other magicians will work on, and sometimes they they buy from each other, and sometimes you research and do your own. How actively are you? Because your schedule's so full in nonstop. creating your own stuff, dude. Plan it's nonstop, right? So content is king, and when yeah. you're on TV as much as I am, which is great, it's a great problem to have. You got to come up with material, especially, especially on Ellen. So I got a great creative team, I got a great builder, and you just do the R and D and you just hash stuff out. I know we got to wrap it up soon, but you're at the free library tonight. Yep, free library tonight. Uh, so we actually have uh, two pairs of passes to give away. Presents. Sorry to drop awesome. this on you last minute, but uh, two pairs. Yeah, I got, of a note here. got it. Okay, and then uh, uh, two books as well. I love it. Yeah, thank you guys. Go to life is magic. Magic.com, go anywhere books are sold. Barnes and Nobles doesn't matter. Uh, I definitely appreciate you guys. And if you're struggling, trying to find forgiveness or closure, I really think this book can can help out because it changed my life. All right. Well, awesome. let's, uh, let's give away a pair of tickets and the books right now. We'll take uh, <clears throat> caller number 20 at 215-263-WMMR. Do you know what time you uh, appear tonight, John? What time does he appear tonight? Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows. Go, uh, Nobody hey, knows. You know what? This is a great thing. It's called Google. Google. Yeah, yeah. Google Have some that. fun. Uh, <laughs> figure that out. It's uh, 730 tonight 730. the Free Library in Center City, Philadelphia. We'll be signing books. Uh, everybody in the city is very proud of you, I sir. Love you, man. So I love you, I love you guys. Here. John Dornboss, guys. Rock on. Take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. If nothing else, Tool fans are patient. Your wait is nearly over. WMMR is giving away free Tool concert tickets all this weekend. We're also playing the best Tool tracks every hour as we prepare for this month's sold-out show at Wells Fargo Center. We want you to experience the power and mystery of Tool live in concert. So, listen and win all weekend long on 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. I want to thank uh, everyone who came out on Friday night for the big Saint gig. Yeah. 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 Uh, At Chaps (laughs) in uh, West Norton or Eagleville or whatever you'd like to call it. And uh, (laughs) uh, we were raising money for the Camp Out for Hunger, so that's why I put so much uh, push behind it. Because uh, we were we were trying to raise some cash, and we can come and eventually donate. And I'll reveal what that is when the, when the camp out comes around. I'm not going to tell you what we made just yet, but we'll uh, we'll do a presentation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Camp out for hunger. Did anybody get any footage of you singing? 
Yes. Oh, yeah, there were t- people were going like fa- doing Facebook Live and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to uh, hear it. Uh, no, you don't. Oh, come on. Stop <laughs> it. You got to hear it live, yeah. man. Okay. Yeah, that's, right. that's rock. Come on, hear it live. No roof, no rock. Uh, uh, but it was absolutely mobbed at this place. It was jam packed. I think it's I think it is the biggest crowd they've ever had in that building. So I had I, I showed up at um because I, I was gonna have dinner. I came down with my wife. Uh, uh John from Sequoia was there. Did you see him as well? I did yeah. for a moment I yeah. saw John, yeah. Uh so um I, I we went down there and uh it was about I guess about six thirty and it was already like packed so much so that I, I had to park across the way at, there's a catering place across the way, and it looked like the lot was empty. Okay, we'll just park here. Yeah. Then only to get told later on that they were having the event, we had to move. All the lots were just jammed with cars, and then it just got more and more and more shoulder to shoulder. And by the time you you came, you'd set up your stuff. You'd got I guess gone home for a while. I went out and got a, a bite to eat. Yeah. I just wanted to you know leave for a little while, and then, and then came back. back. Yeah. You came back around what like. Seven thirty, uh, seven yeah, yeah, forty, yeah. something like that. And uh, yeah, Casey, they actually they hired. They don't have security. They hired security for the night, so they knew to do that ahead of time. Yeah, they okay, knew it was it was going to be yeah. uh, that it was going to be busy. And Kathy, I guess is the, the manager there. Was her name? I think. Yes, she's very, very nice. So I, <laughs> the owner, actually, yeah, the owner. She's the owner so, yeah. so coming in, she was very nice. They set up a little place for Claire and, and myself to sit and and uh, and, and uh, have dinner. And on the way out, you know, it was so wall to wall. And as as we're going, and she just she just hugs me because it had to be the biggest night for business they've ever had. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was quite a quite a crowd. It was huge, and I have to tell you, the the the, the money shot moment for me was so <laughs> so. I I uh, in in the first set, Steve was going to leave after the first set, so. Uh, I had him come up and and uh, announce him, and the crowd went crazy. And I gave him the bucket to go pass around and and raise some money while we played a song. And he did that. And with the original plan was to do it in the second set when I was going to be singing because I would get up front and get on the mic. And and so I did that, and I and I'm about ready to sing the song. And I'm like, you know what? I forgot to do. I forgot to find somebody to pass the bucket around. Oh, no. And I don't want to just hand this bucket that already had cash in it out to people and just have it, you know, because you knew never knew. And all of a sudden, I hear. I'll pass it out. <laughs> Kathy comes no! walking up to the front. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's awesome. It was the perfect moment. because People oh saw God. me walk in, and so they were laughing. They were like, oh, does he know you're here? Does he know you're coming? And so this one woman was, like, trying to drag me to the front, and I was like, I'm good, I'm good. Just, like, and it was the perfect moment because you were getting ready to sing, and yeah. you said that about the bucket, and I, like, beelined it. I'm like, this is my time to get up there. <laughs> I must have just passed. We must have just See, passed you. We, people were telling me that I just missed you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man. It was so funny. And when you I, came walking up, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. Because you never, because that was yeah. the, the joke that uh, night. People were saying, is yeah. Kath here? And he goes, oh, no. She's in the, the snow. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, in this selfie that you took, Preston, I am in the picture. You probably can't see me because I'm a little ways back. But we, we saw you taking it. And, and me and my friends were, uh, were some, trying to get ourselves into the picture. So we're oh kind of God. in the back of this photo. But um, Too funny. Yeah, you know what? I, I had had plans um, for a really long time, like since the summertime. For that night, which so when you announced it, I was like, "Man, I can't go again." Well, not on my part. The plans changed, and so we ended up in the area. And I was like, "This is perfect." And we we're like, "We got in the car and we nice. came over." Where'd you park? Yeah, you know what? Somebody lucky. Somebody no was way. leaving when we pulled in. We, Probably me. We literally got the first. We <laughs> yeah. got the first spot in the parking lot. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Is that your spot, Steve? No, no, no. Okay. I was I was actually at, at like a, a little uh, strip mall next to a physical therapy place down the road. Because Rochelle had called me b- before the show had started, and and she's like, I, 
where do I park? Yeah. Like, there's nowhere to park. And I just, I'm like, I drive around. I'm like, I don't know. I can't help you. By just the way, find another business, see where you can park. To that point, Preston, kudos to the wait staff there because I don't know how the hell they were keeping track of everything. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, it's just I don't need lunacy. It. How do we? What? How do we, how do we get Saint to perform at the camp after? Oh this? Jesus! I mean, just. Do you know anybody? I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Now, I'm going to try it and see if they can come down and we can uh, and do the donation and everything. But By the way, the, the shirts, you only had 35 shirts? Yeah. I, like, you could have sold way more. Yeah, way more. They were sold before it even we even started. <laughs> I, I tried, they were sold Casey, out immediately. <laughs> I was going to buy And Patience yeah. Press said, I'll make yeah. sure you guys get shirts because I was going to buy them. Yeah. We'll, we'll order some more. Yeah. We could we could have ordered a couple hundred. And they yeah. were sold. There was, Steve, there was like 400 people there. It was. <laughs> That's insane. For, you we're just a bar band. Yeah, we're just, yeah, yeah. You know, we're just we're middle aged bar band. We're just guys that are doing this for fun. So, how are you yeah. feeling throughout the gig? Uh, I felt okay. I started feeling kind of crappy. I felt really lousy the next day, but I've just I'm fighting something, and and I was just uh, I to be honest, I drumming wise, I didn't think I was on my game at all. I got a lot of compliments. So You're thank great. You. Thank you, you. You did. Um, did you do? Your, you did a long solo at the end of uh, it was the Zeppelin song. Yeah, good times, bad. Times. Right, right, yep. and uh, that was great. Uh, you did. Uh, I, I really enjoyed. Um, uh, oh, Road the Changes. Road the Changes. Ario Speedwagon. Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. Uh, you did a whole bunch. You did. You started with uh, Major Bowie. Tom. Yeah. Yep. A, a eclectic mix. Some yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, we do some Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. And some even some Maroon Five, but we also throw in some you know like some Elton John and and. Uh, what did we have? So well, we, we ended with Andrew Sandman. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Roll with the changes. That song? No, no, no. no. Oh. Uh, keep on rolling. Keep, keep on rolling. Ooh. You don't know? Roll with the changes. You know? oh, why do I not know that song? You probably would. And if, if you're, you're tired of the same old story, oh, baby, turn, turn some pages. pages. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Don't have it. Uh, but anyhow, uh, it was, yeah, so, so we, we, uh, we will present the, the funds on, uh, at, at one of the days at the Camp Power Hunter. The people that were so very, to everybody very generous, very kind, uh, be, be, you know, a lot of listeners to the show, obviously, but just people who are there who, who just, uh, who are just having a good time and enjoying yeah. the band. Yeah. And we're just, we're a good band. We're not yeah. great. We're not going to blow you away, but you're, we're, we're going to make sure you have a good time. You're, so. you're, you're better than you project, but yeah. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was really a lot of fun. You did, you did what a bar band should do. The next gig will be on December 27th. So just, it's, we're in that. Oh. In that null zone between uh, Christmas and, and New Year's when you're kind of like going, well, what do you want to do tonight? Yeah. I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? Uh, we're going to be at Root Down Brewing in Phoenixville. Oh, nice. Right, right out there. The sounder. Where's the sounder? Is it the next Saint kid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, oh sorry. sorry. Uh, Saint. <laughs> at Root Down Brewing. Uh, on the, and I think that's a Friday night. I'm not 100% sure. It so is. The, the next night you had... Uh, uh, a mother's wish, right? Your oh my god, yes. So which my- is the is the is the benchmark is the is the big event that your wife puts together? Yeah. So my wife is the president of a charity called A Mother's Wish, and it's for back to back people with Crohn's disease. Yeah, and this is their big, big, big event of the year. She's been working for a good eight, nine months on this event, and that was that was it. And so I didn't get home. Uh, I probably would have gotten home a half hour earlier if Rooster wasn't talking to me all night at the gig, but that's okay. Yeah, Rooster was a very good guy. happy. He's a big yeah. listener of the show, but I, I'm like, dude, I have to break my stuff down and leave. I didn't get home till two, 
uh, after breaking all that stuff down. And then we had to get up and do the event the next day. And it was great. It went wonderful. And uh, had some wonderful friends there. Our great friend Marilyn Russell was she's, a guest. She's great, yeah. And she came out. And uh, Richard Curtis from the Clash Room. Yeah, and, yeah. And a uh, teacher, he he came out. And some, really, some of our favorite people were there. Lots of friends of mine. But I felt like hell. Oh, man. And I had to uh, MC the event, uh, which is fine, but... There was uh, maybe a, an hour or so still left in the event, and I'm like, I can't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. My throat, because there's music and everything. And when you when you're you're, you're a party, you got to talk at this level. When you're talking to people, you got to talk at this right, level so right, they can right. hear you. And doing that all the night before, and being sick, and doing it that night, I murfed it. I didn't go home because yeah. we still had to break all that crap down and, and load it up and and cap the night. <clears throat> I found a room and I went and I sat by myself and I played crossword puzzles <laughs> and just hid. Good for you. Everybody. Yeah, you have to, I, man. I had to. Yeah. You kill yourself. It, it hurt too much. I like. I could not talk anymore. It's like it was down like this. So, but it was part of the It was great. Raised lots of money. Chariot. The 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 auction items. We had so much liquor there. It was unbelievable to give away. We did the treasure chest thing where if your key opens the treasure chest, you win like a thousand dollars worth of gold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So you you were working on a contest. Um, Yes. Did how'd that go over? It went great. All right, good. Yeah. Was it was kind of made it up, right? It was like a banquet appropriate contest. I took parts of one uh, contest that I've seen done before, and I made it my own. So you're good at that. Thanks, man. It's one of my few talents. (laughs) Hang on a second. Let me go to. uh, I guess. Paul was at the, the, the gig on Friday night. Hey, Paul, good morning. Paul, are you there? There's a robot in the room. Pool? Okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> Paul, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Paul. Piranha? He said, I was, he said I was going wild. You were going wild. Friday night. <laughs> I can confirm that. You were going wild. Crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, man, but uh, the hell of a weekend. Um, you know, speaking of the weekend, uh, unfortunately... A very, very sad thing happened. Uh, we lost Inquirer sports columnist Bill Lyon. He passed away. And in a really uh, just, you never want to see, you never want to see anybody pass before their time. But when it happens in, um, you know, a difficult circumstance, it's even worse. He had uh, Parkinson's disease. He had Alzheimer's. And that's just, oh, yeah. it's just sad that he went. But listen, he affected a lot of lives in a great way Yeah, uh, throughout the years, being the columnist that he was. And, and some of his most celebrated work was near the end about uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, so, But it was sad that uh, he's gone. Yeah, he retired a few years ago and then decided that uh, he wasn't going to quit writing, that he was going to continue to write about what he was going through, which is really touching and really poignant. But I, I grew up reading Bill Lyons' columns. Um, my dad would... Uh, Matt, Matt Court actually tweeted this out over the weekend, and it's funny because my dad did the same thing. He would literally take scissors to the newspaper, uh, cut out Bill Lyons' columns, and mail them to me when I was in college. And... Bill was a uh, a writer's writer. He he knew how to uh, turn a phrase. Uh, he would turn um, you know normal sports writing into prose. And uh, I just I always appreciated his ability to to be a really incredible, decent writer um, in what can be a really cynical and uh, often off putting kind of a world. A lot of people are turned off by sports, and Bill made it sort of a, a really approachable kind of a thing. So he he wrote for the Inquirer for a long time. Uh, and it, it was just, it was sad. I was at my house, or at my parents' house last night when I got news that Bill had passed away and my dad was uh, broken up about it. They yeah. actually mentioned it during the uh, the Eagles game yesterday. Did they really? Did they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I that's how that. impactful he was. 
Yeah, and did you say you used to clip his uh, his articles? That's what he would do. His, so yeah, he would columns. cut them. He would cut them out, mail them to me when I was in college, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I read him every chance that I got, and there are some great writers that have come through town here, and, and Bill is certainly one of them. Uh, Jason Stark, who continues to write for um, ESPN and, and occasionally, I think, for The Inquirer as well, is a great baseball writer. But Bill, um, he wrote about sports ostensibly, but really he wrote about life. Well, well, it's uh, sad that he's gone, but uh, he leaves behind some really great work, of for course, sure. and, and affect a lot of people's lives. I actually have two others. You know, I could be, here's a new character, the Grim Reaper. Yes. Oh, oh, no. oh, man. I have two the Necromancer. Stories. The Necromancer. <laughs> uh, but... It's time to learn now who's left this mortal coil. It's uh, the Necromancer. The Necromancer. Uh, the last remaining cyber, uh, survivor of the Hindenburg disaster. I saw this. Passed a guy named uh, Werner Gustav Donner, uh, and he was only eight years old when he was in that uh, the crash. His mother threw him out the window. Wait, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. And he was the last surviving member. He was the final one to pass. Uh, he had suffered severe burns on his face, arms, and legs before his mother managed to throw him and his brother from the burning airship. Uh, she actually made it out as well. The mom did, but um, uh, she passed, obviously, a while back. Uh, the daughter, the last of among 62 passengers and crew who escaped the May 6, 1937 fire, was 90 years old, man. My grandfather was there. No kidding. Yeah, because it was in Lakehurst, right? Lakehurst, he yeah. to the charge. Yeah. yeah. No, well, um, he was in the Marines. Yeah, and yeah. So as a result, and, and also he was a lifelong firefighter, so... I don't know my grandfather's history maybe the way I should, um, yeah. but he was definitely there. I don't know if he was part of the fire brigade or if he was just there to to, to witness it all. Well, happen. they had to have people there from the from the military who mm-hmm. were who were there. It, you know, they would uh, grab the hook and 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 draw it into the. Uh uh, there was a large tower that they'd, they'd pull the uh, the, they were the moored down. To. Yeah, moored to, and it was uh, hey the mooring mast. They case it. did he see it? Yeah, I, I wow. um, again. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should call my mom on this one, or she'll, at least she'll text me. No, for whatever, you know, whatever me, you know. Uh, I mean, all I know is that is that he was there. Did okay. he witness everything as it went down? I don't know. If did he just see a giant fireball? I don't know. Was he only there for um, the aftermath? I'm not really sure. Was uh, he looking the other way? <laughs> so the fire had killed his father, sister, and 34 others. He was just eight years old at the time of the crash. His son said, no, he did, he wouldn't talk about it. He added that his father took him to visit the Naval Station years later, but not uh, the Hindenburg Memorial itself. It was definitely a repressed memory. He said he lost his sister. He lost uh, his dad. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. but um, before the Hindenburg disaster, they knew that hydrogen was flammable. And sure. They continued to make dirigibles out of... Uh, you know, instead of helium. I, I wonder... So at that time, helium, well, they're actually American dirig- uh, dirigibles, uh, and there were a few, uh, were, were had helium. Uh, the the uh, oh, the Germans? The Germans had, uh, it was hydrogen, and I believe, it's, and then this is sketchy, I used to be a, a, a real uh, expert on all this stuff, uh, all these disasters, uh, but I, I believe there was a, a situation with the, the selling of helium to Nazi Germany and mm. and so on and so forth. And because there there, there were plans, it was one of the big issues because this, obviously the, the Hindenburg had the Nazi, the swastikas on the side. Yep. Uh, and and they, they didn't want these employed as, as uh, war weapons and things of that nature. Freaking Nazis, man. Do you know what I remember about uh, about the Hindenburg from, from my own childhood was one time I received it as a... Uh, as a model, okay, so you yeah. know, like airplane models, ship models, and stuff like that. I got a Hindenburg model, okay. which is great because it's huge, and you yeah. want as models the bigger the better. Right. Yeah. But 
It was like four pieces. You just like you know you clip half of the half of the blimp together, the other half of the blimp, and throw the fins on and the little pilot thing, and you're done. I'm they like, should have had you I'm build like, the in five minutes. Build the infrastructure. Like yeah. this was this his president up here? Not that big. Okay, yeah, but it was big. Yeah, and honestly, did you ever see the movie The Hindenburg? I did. George C. Scott. It I sort don't of it, it. it sort of um, but it sort of indicated that it was a fascinating way to travel. It was really quite luxurious, and and the people who paid top dollar to travel that way. Um, you know, they would, they would, but they, it was gigantic and there's 40 people on there and that's it. You know well, what they, I mean? They, they had, they had their, you know, state rooms and all that oh, stuff yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, uh, like a lounge and all that. So there, there was, there was enough there to keep it interesting. Yeah. But, but uh, you would think they'd be able to bring more people in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my mom is. texted me. Yes. He was there and he did help to put out the fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. How all long right. did the fire go on for? It, well, the fire went for Seconds. a while, but the actual explosion and crash just seconds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, in the movie, when they when they show it, they have to keep repeating mm-hmm. footage of it crashing because it, it happened so quickly, there was really nothing there. As the 80th anniversary approached in 2017, Donner had uh, told the Associated Press that he and his parents, older brother and sister, were on the 804-foot-long Zeppelin traveling to Lakehurst Naval Station in New Jersey. His father uh, headed to his cabin after using his movie camera to shoot some of the scenes of the station from the airship's dining room. Wow. And that was the last time he ever saw him. By the way, uh, Zeppelin, Dirigible, and and Blimp. Are there differences between yes. those three things? Yes. I, a Blimp doesn't ha- I, a Blimp does not have... A Zeppelin has a, um, a structure, like a, a skeleton. And a blimp does not. Okay. I, I, and again, this may be coming deep from the caverns of my ass. <laughs> or not but I believe all. that's the case. <laughs> I, I went on, I've been on a blimp. Uh, I flew on a blimp one time. Yeah, it's cool, it was, isn't it? It was in town for a promotional thing at the time. I think it was Pizza Hut or something like that. Had a big blimp. And uh, and I went for a ride. It was pretty cool. I did it in Vegas. Yeah. What I did not know is how they maneuver those things, how they make it go up and down has to do with some some type of mechanism that moves inside of it yeah. that moves weight from to the front and the back. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. All right, here we go. While blimps are basically giant balloons, zeppelins have an internal metal framework that maintains its shape even when not filled with gases. So the blimp oh, yeah. can deflate. Right, right. Okay. Were, were we, were we, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, lead blimp is not really a good name for a band. <laughs> no. Lead blimp. You're right. Better. Zeppelin sounds better. Were we supposed to send Pituation up in a blimp? Was it him? Uh, that, no, I think we did. I think that was the I first. I can't remember if we did or not. I'm pretty sure we, we did. did because I believe it was the first time he'd ever been off the ground. Yes. Yeah. He'd never been he'd flying He'd never been before. in the air. Yeah. yeah. Not even on a ladder. And his first time <laughs> up was in an airship. Interesting. As the Hindenburg had arrived, flames began to flicker on top of the ship. Hydrogen exposed to air fueled an inferno. Sorry, I giggled for a moment, but <laughs> listen, I, I was watching a Daily Rush video that we had not that long ago when somebody significant had passed from the... Uh, was it Herb Morrison? The Hindenburg. No, it wasn't him, but you, you went into the Herb Morrison thing <laughs> and... <laughs> Do you remember what you did? I, I was he was he laughing? You, no, no. He, he was going, "Oh, it's supposed to flames all the humanity." And now Ed with the sports. <laughs> <laughs> because it happened so quickly that they right. just jumped right over to the sports. Oh my god, it's burning. No, oh my god, it's burning. Crashing, crashing into flames, crashing into flames. And now he was Ed with the sports. <laughs> uh, because it does happen so quickly. Yeah. It does. It does. Uh, so he said that, uh, suddenly the air was on fire. Quick pick numbers for today on 9347. <laughs> uh, Donner said we were, uh, we were close to a window and my mother took my brother and threw him out. And then she grabbed me, fell back, and then threw me out. 
She tried to get my sister, but she was too heavy, and my mother decided to get out by the time the Zeppelin was nearly on the ground. His mother had broken her hip. He said, I remember lying on the ground, and my brother told me to get up and get out of there. So as they were... So underneath the Zeppelin, these this observation area, which is where a lot of them were, were jumping out of, uh, the windows were slanted so that if you were standing, they were slanted away from you, uh, sort of perpendicular to you, so right. that, that you could look down... You know, as you would imagine, obviously you look up. There's the the, the zeppelin, and uh, and so they were they were jumping out of of those, and you could see and you see when in the in the footage of it crashing down, there are these lines down beneath. Now, as they're jumping out to save themselves, um, this thing is about to crash down on top of them. Right, exactly on fire. The accident was caused by a leak of the hydrogen that kept the airship aloft. It mixed with air, causing a fire. The theory that a brush discharge. Ignited such mix, uh, mixture appears most probable. Yeah, they they uh, there was a theory that they uh, they picked the wrong time to do their s'mores. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you may want to wait until yeah. after all this hydrogen is gone. Who wants s'mores? Anyone? But uh, yeah, so the last the last living human being that was on board that aircraft died. So it was a couple uh, years ago when they, they the last surviving member of Pompeii uh, passed away. Correct. No. Uh, that was hundreds that of was years ago. Right? Oh, Steve. Like 79 AD. All right, I have another one from the, the Grim Reaper, from the, the Necromancer. From the will. Necromancer. Who else has cast off this mortal coil and traveled into the great ether? A gentleman by the name of Captain Dick Stevenson. Dick Stevenson. Yep, Captain Dick Stevenson. A Captain tr- Dick! A true Yukon original. He's the guy that invented one of the territory's oddest claims to fame, a drink with a severed human toe oh, in it. Oh, this is legendary. Yeah. The sour toe. He's the guy that died. How uh, old? He was 89 years old. Wow. According to, I have the whole story of how he created this drink, and it's, it's interesting. This is a legitimate drink. Yep. And in fact, uh, I've got some of the details on the, on the legacy of how many people have... Had this drink. So according to his daughter, Dixie, uh, she said he he died Thursday morning at 89. She said, I'm pretty sure I'm the only daughter in history that has to follow my dad's will and make sure that his toes are removed and dried to make it up to Dawson City. So that was part of his stipulation is he is having his toes removed and preserved (laughs) so that they can people can drink with his toes. (laughs) <laughs> or have, have his that's, toes in their drinks. That's awesome. It is. Uh, listen, I, I find this fascinating. I don't think I could stomach this. I don't no. Think I, I don't think no. I either. I, I don't do think it. I could handle it. You could do I it? I could do it, yeah. yeah okay. You probably could. So she said, <laughs> she said, as a matter of fact, I'm just on my way downtown. I have to buy containers of pickling salt. See, I, I wouldn't do that, but I would eat mashed potatoes out of his butthole. Yeah. <laughs> well, just be glad it's his toes because, I mean, it is, his name is Dick Stevenson. So it yeah. could have been something else. <laughs> Captain Dick's world-famous invention, the Sour Toe Cocktail, is nearly 50 years old. 50 years. continues to draw brave and thirsty crowds to Dawson City's downtown. Hotel. That's where you. That's the only place you can get it. So this is one of a uh, a, a list of things where there's like you know the, the 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 worm or a scorpion or something in a bottle of booze, and here you have an actual human appendage. Yep. So order one up, and you get a shot of whiskey with a gnarled old human toe yeah. bobbing in the glass. If you let the toe touch your lips, you are in the sour toe club. Oh. Uh, you get a certificate and everything if you do that. 
So he uh, Stevenson never called in an interview in 2017. He said, I thought maybe 10 or 12 people would ever do it. And to this date, more than 90,000 people have kissed the sour toe. It's like the Macarena. No one ever thought it would catch on, and it did. Where so is this? It's in the Yukon. Where's so the Yukon? In I'm Canada, sorry. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the story. Do they serve sour toe bread? Uh, no, <laughs> right? Could be perfect pairing. Maybe, right? Maybe they do that on the on the menu. I Sour no toe bread. Yeah. So it looks. Nick has pulled up a picture of downtown Dawson City. Yeah. Oh my God, that's like it's nothing. There's not a whole lot there. Uh oh. Way I would imagine loads of people go there just to do this. It's the yeah. the reason they go. Now leave. You're giving me the wrap up signal. Yeah, in a little bit. <laughs> I was just getting started. Oh, man. You're just getting started. You're talking about the toe. The story goes that Stevenson bought a cabin outside of Dawson City in the early 1970s, and while cleaning it out, he found an old pickle jar with a dried-up human toe inside of it. It's freaking people. So the frostbitten digit had been cut off a prospector decades earlier. Yeah. Later, Stevenson was out drinking with some reporters, and they got to talking about the toe. He said, we invented the sour toe that night. Hey, why don't we put a toe in some booze? He said, <laughs> but the toe was uh, still out in the cabin. The next morning, the reporters had forgotten about it. He said, but I didn't. The original cocktail, according to Stevenson, was a beer glass filled with champagne and the toe. And the whole idea was a lark, but for some reason it caught on. A tradition was born. Visitors on bus tours to the Klondike started to ask for them. A refreshment, perhaps, but also a perfect story to share back home about the strange things done under the midnight sun. He said there was a lady, she must have been in her 80s, and she said, I don't mind the toe, but there's no way I could drink a beer glass full of champagne. He said, so we changed the rules. Drink of your choice, but the toe must touch your lips. So, so what it doesn't it, matter what you it doesn't matter. They just put the toe in you it. You have it in a margarita. Wow, I thought it was. I thought there was a specific drink you had to have with the toe. Not anymore. So huh. they, they changed rules. So after retirement, Stevenson spent his final years in a town called Whitehorse, barking, tucked away in a briefcase. He kept an old leather-bound registry of sour toe club members, along with a couple of dried toes. And he told of how his own big toes would eventually go to the downtown hotel, he said, but they got a few years left yet. Dixie said it was her dad's most important wish. Uh, she's detailed instru- He detailed uh, instructions on how she's supposed to do it. She said, he kept telling me how I'm supposed to dry his toes. So one day I said, Dad, you have to come so I can type this out because I'm not going to remember it. So he had her, he, he gave her the info on how to do God it. God almighty. So she You're said. Crazy old dude. So <laughs> as morbid as that sounds, this is what I'll be doing for the next few weeks. I want you to turn my ass into a toaster cozy. Drying out <laughs> his toes and serving them up. So maybe, maybe it'll be extra special if you get to use Captain Dick's toes in your sour toe. So Captain Dick's toes, if they're, if they're so that he's, it's a pickling process, I assume, right? Yeah, of some right. Sort. So, so is there any, um, is there any medical concern with the? You got me, yeah. dude. I have no idea. There's got to be a way that they can do it where it will, it will um, clean out all the sterilize syphilis. everything, yeah. all the get all the syphilis out of there. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Somehow or another, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know. Petrify? I'm not petrify. That's not the right word, but I'm petrified. Preserve it, yeah, and uh, and you should be okay. I think if you've made your way to Dawson City and gone through everything you need to do to get there, uh, the last of your concerns is whether or not you're going to get any kind of disease from drinking a pickled toe. You know, it's I think it, way it's so up far there. from anything. Wow. And does it say how much it costs? No, I didn't for the for the drink. Uh-uh. All right. No. They have Wi-Fi there. I don't think so. 
They did have a Miss Nude contest in 2017. This question, how much it cost, almost said, no, Vern. They just let him in. <laughs> Casey would get that line. I guess. Stand All by right. me. Anyhow, uh, well, there you go. That's everybody who died. Not everybody, but a few noteworthies. Yeah. I mean, since time began, there's been a whole lot. It'd be a long list. We've got commercials to do. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. Let me give some movie screening passes Wednesday night at the Ritz East. Is it is yeah. Ritzies? Yep, we've got yeah. uh, Knives Out. I'll take five callers. It starts at 7.30. You need to be there by 7. 215-263-WMMR is the number. Let's put you on that list to go see that movie. We'll take, did I say five callers? I'm saying it now, five callers. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Hey, gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by Energy Transfer. Now, join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Bimbo Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp Out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Mid-Atlantic Packaging, Xfinity from Comcast, Mayfair Fence, Town Square Rentals, Pods Moving and Storage, Ryan Party Rentals, and National Event Services. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. I would like to reiterate that uh, the Camp Out for Hunger, which is two weeks from today, day number one of broadcasting, uh, we are thinking about doing something uh, new. We did a uh, we did a mass wedding last year. So much freaking fun, uh, and we wanted to try something different this year. And we think we might be able to pull off the largest gender reveal event ever, like a world record, because we don't think it's ever been done before. We don't think it's been done. We're not going to really uh, examine or look uh, no. up any uh, possibility that it isn't. We're just going to move ahead with the notion that it's the biggest in the world ever if we pull it off. I agree. Right? So we Why need kill our buzz. We need people who are expecting and have not revealed the gender of the baby yet uh, to get in touch with us and be a part of this. So it'll be one of those mornings where you need to be there. And who knows? Maybe we'll have some freebies for you. I don't know. We're, we're still hashing everything out. There's a whole bunch of stuff in play. We just have to re- we have to meter the response. Yes. Because if we, you know, like one or two people, it doesn't make it the biggest. It has to look like it's kind of on the level of being the biggest. Yeah, if we get you know, like 20 or more, I think that'd that's be, the biggest in I the world. That's the biggest in the world. So... Uh, we have information at uh, PrestonandSteve.com. It's right on there on the front page. And if you would like to be a part of it, please contact us and let us know. And if you know someone who has got a baby on the way and they haven't revealed the baby yet and would like for everyone to find out the gender of the baby at the same time, you have all your friends tune in and everything, we will make sure that everybody knows what you guys are expecting. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll try to do it in a, in a big fashion if we can pull it off. We're working on some things. So... Contact us, let us know, we'll meter the response, and then we will move forward from there. In the meantime, we're going to do the Bizarre File. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by Heritage Business Systems. The document imaging equipment solution is Heritage Business Systems. Service satisfaction, reliability, that's Heritage Business Systems. Now a Xerox-owned company. Well, a Florida woman allegedly bit her boyfriend's penis. Oh! And threatened him with a knife after she accused him of wanting to have sex with another woman. Which came first, the biting or the knife? That's a good question. (laughs) The alleged assault 
happened during an hours-long drinking session in Miami Beach. It ended at about 3 a.m. Esperanza Gomez was drinking beers with her boyfriend when a female friend joined them at about midnight. The friend left a short time later, but Gomez became enraged and accused her boyfriend of wanting to bed that woman. Do you want to bed that woman? She allegedly shouted at him, grabbed him by the arms, and began to poke him with a knife. I'm going to bite you pee-pee. She then bit his penis out of frustration. (laughs) She later told the police Gomez was arrested and hit with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And uh, her bond was set at $6,500. No word on the damaged unit uh, on him. So I don't know how bad the bite was. A Massachusetts man has pleaded not guilty to drug charges after... This is terrible. Authorities say that his five-year-old son brought heroin to school and told his teacher that when he tastes the powder, he becomes Spider-Man. Oh, my God. This kid was actually tasting the heroin. The 29-year-old Benny Garcia was arraigned Friday. He faces charges of drug possession and reckless endangerment of a child. Prosecutors say his son brought in a plastic bag decorated with Spider-Man... To kindergarten Thursday and put it in his mouth tongue. A teacher eating the powder turns him into a superhero. How messed up is that? Authorities say the boy was taken to a hospital. He was unharmed. He's okay. Uh, Police searching Garcia's home say they found more than 200 bags of heroin and cocaine. So that guy's going to go away for a while. Police in Colorado Springs conducting a welfare check at a daycare found 26 children behind a false wall in its basement. How weird is this? The hell's going on? And nobody was arrested for this either. Law enforcement officials arrived at Play Mountain Place, a home-operated daycare, to find no children inside. They attempted to contact the owner, owner Carla Faith, but she refused to cooperate. The owner was not arrested, but police said that they are pursuing appropriate charges. There's a false wall with kids behind it. Something's wrong. Three adult workers were initially Nanny arrested. Jackie. Three adult workers were initially arrested. But the charges were later canceled by detectives pending further investigation. That is an effed up story. There's got to be more to the story yeah. than, than what we're hearing. You don't here, just so. dry up, drywall up a room with kids in it. Yeah. Uh, an Australian model who reportedly showed no signs of being pregnant at all gave birth last month to a seven-pound, seven-ounce baby girl. It was the quick thinking of the girl's father that actually helped save the baby's life. Aaron Langmaid, who had no baby bump, never suffered morning sickness or cravings, and was using contraceptive injections, realized she was pregnant 10 minutes before giving birth to little Isla on the bathroom floor. Isn't that funny? I never gained weight. I kept modeling. My abs are completely intact, and I farted out a kid. She wasn't feeling well, but didn't know why until the baby's arrival. When Isla was born, she wasn't breathing. Her father, Dan, called Australia's version of 911 when asked by the operator how many weeks Aaron had been pregnant, he said, we don't know. We didn't know she was pregnant. Mother's okay. Baby's not okay. The operator talked them through it and helped Isla to survive. An Instagram post uh, through it, uh, I'm sorry, uh, an Instagram post shows uh, the new family together and smiling. Aaron is a fairly frequent poster to Instagram. The most recent full body shot she posted from October, uh, it's not clear from the photo but if, if it was taken that day, but... Uh, there are no signs of her having a significant baby bump, although she is wearing a loose-fitting blouse. That's crazy. Presumably, the baby was full term. Aaron would have been approximately 36, 36 weeks pregnant at the time. And she said, I wasn't showing, obviously, because I fit into everything. It's just really bizarre. 
Uh, and it's uh, anecdotal evidence finds about one in 475 pregnancies involve women who may not be aware that they are pregnant, but there hasn't been a lot of scientific research You're on just it. Speaking, yeah. there's such such a bunch of you know hormonal changes and things that occur that to be completely unaware. Yeah. It's really weird. I guess on a rare occasion, something like that happens, and they they don't know. And that is all I have in the Bizarre File for you at this point in time. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. Let's see if you've been paying attention to today's today's show. We have a lesson question that we'll get to next as well as trash and music news. We'll be back in a moment. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. When I'm gone, it is Dirty Honey. 93.3 WMMR. It is everything that rocks. The band's got a nice, raw, cool sound. And they are... They're... Becoming very, very successful and not signed, unbelievable to a major label. So unbelievable, that's part of why they're a big, big story. So it's uh, uh, it's very exciting for those guys. Uh, today, Monday morning, with the Preston and Steve show, uh, we made an announcement earlier today that we were excited about. And from here on, when you hear us mention that we have some people in our green room, we will now be referring to that as the Xfinity Lounge. I love it. Xfinity has. Now sponsored that space, and listen, we have people in there in our uh, in our former green room every single day. So you're going to hear us saying the Xfinity Lounge all the time, and we're going to have to post some pictures of this because it looks awesome. It is so cool. It's very uh, they they redid. It actually used to be our the Preston and Steve Show office, and that's changed. And they've moved to the office. They've built us a different office. So what's great is we can actually see into it from here. There's a big window, and they can kind of peek in. John Dornboss, our first ever guest to sit. In the Xfinity Lounge and spent some time there. Said he loved the way that he could look into the uh, uh, in through the window to see the show while we're doing it, and uh, it's it's all decked out with high tech uh, equipment, and uh, and it just it looks nicer. And like you said, there's no piss stains on the right, which was couch all, anymore. People uh, come in and they you know that's their first experience, but now Preston, we can have people like Jane Goodall doing pressed ham against the glass, so right? Be yeah. if, if we want to, yeah. If, awesome. if, she, if she feels so she, moved, absolutely. To do Ken Burns. that, they can do that. But uh, they brought by some freebies for us to give away too, and and we we set people up with the uh, uh, the bulb starter kits, the uh, the Philips Hue bulb starter kits, and the uh, Echo Bay Light Smart uh, thermostat, which you can all control from your phone or voice and all that stuff. So I love all that stuff. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a gadget guy, but it, this stuff is very easy to use, and if you get it or want it, you should go check it out because it's great stuff. Yeah, so thank you to uh, Xfinity and our new Xfinity Lounge. And like I said, we'll have to post some pictures. And we have a new uh, backdrop for our photos. Yes! All these time, this time we just kind of huddled into the corner here next to where Casey and I uh, work. And, and you know, it looked great and everything, but now we actually have a, a step and repeat yeah. banner in the background when we have guests come by. It's going to look really cool. All professional. It's all it's professional. Like two banners stuff. that come down, right? Yeah. Uh, there's one. I don't know if they're going to put I another one. I think they're putting one another one up there, there yeah. too, yeah. All right, let us uh, do today's lesson question, and we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see uh, Robert Kelly, December 31st at Punchline Philly. Robert is awesome. We've had him here in the studio before. And the question that I'll ask you is, and this is not historically correct, what was Dracula's wife's name? (laughs) (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. What was Count Dracula's 
wife's name, according to what we said earlier this yeah. morning, 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. We're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Heritage Business Systems. The document imaging equipment solution is Heritage Business Systems. Service, satisfaction, reliability, that's Heritage Business Systems. And it's now a Xerox-owned company. What's going on, Steve? Well, Microsoft founder Bill Gates has jumped back up to richest man in the world status at $110 billion, just edging out Jeff Bezos at $108 billion. Gates gave uh, gave Bezos some gentle ribbing by sending him a picture of his ass cheeks spread apart with the (laughs) caption, Suck on this, scrote face. (laughs) Lizzo being sued by a Postmates driver after the singer accused her of stealing her food. Postmates driver Tiffany Wells says in her lawsuit that all of Lizzo's lunch order was there when she delivered it because she walked every inch of that tractor trailer. <laughs> hey! And finally, now that a 10-year-old gag order is over, former John and K Plus 8 star John Goslin telling Dr. Oz that his ex-wife Kate Goslin has narcissistic personality disorder. John says coming forward with this is not about money, but rather his kids and his kids' ability to help him make money. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood trip. All righty, let's see if somebody knows the answer to this question. Uh, What is Count Dracula's, or what was Count Dracula's wife's (laughs) name? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Moik for the answer. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, Kenny. Hey, where'd you get that hat? Hey, uh, what was Count Dracula's wife's name, sir? That would be Mrs. Maud Dracula. Maud Dracula. Hang on, Mike. You got it right, bud. And we are going to give you a pair of tickets to see Robert Kelly on December 31st, 7.30 p.m. at Punchline Philly. You can get tickets for Robert's December 30th and 31st shows at Ticketmaster.com. 21 and over shows. Let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, the band Highly Suspect has premiered the video for its current single, 16. 16. Just as the song hit number one last week, the first track to reach the top of the rock chart in 30 years, by the way, without having a single guitar on the recording. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I, I'll have to go back and listen. And yeah. I, I didn't know there wasn't any guitar represented at all. The video recreates the story, and we talked about this uh, a little bit, of a relationship that began for singer Johnny Stevens at the age of 16, the same tale of love and heartbreak that inspired the song's lyrics. Stevens remarked, I'm known for having a lot to say about things, sometimes too much. This time, I'm just going to let the film and and song do the talking for me. I already laid out as much pain as I can bear. No more words. Now, the lyrics describe the true story of Stevens falling in love at 16, fostering a relationship for seven years, and feeling elated when she told him that she was pregnant with their baby. The song also describes his instant devastation at the moment of the birth when he found out that the baby wasn't his, his child ended up being from a different race. He didn't have anything in her his background. She didn't have anything in her bra- background that would have had that be the case and, and create a child of this race. And so immediately he knew she had cheated on him oh. and found out right. Can you imagine? Uh, that's that's out right, right out 
uh, from uh, me, myself, and Irene. The the confusion at the mo- at the the elation and confusion. Here you are. Yes, the happiest you could be. And then at that second, you're like, ah, uh, you uh-huh. know, I can't even imagine what that would do to somebody because you find out that this person you were in love with all this time is was unfaithful to you. How, how so? D- does the uh, do you have an explanation? And that, that? Not, and that you're not going to be a father. Yes, that you were you were prepared all this time to getting be a father. Say, getting in that mental place. What were you going to say? Did anybody what? Did anybody what what happens past this? Yeah, I don't know the follow up. I have no idea. Uh, so sixteen is taken from Holly Suspect's third album MCID, which follows up 2016's The Boy Who Died Wolf. So. We'll have, to, we'll have to open that up for discussion sometime, see if anybody's actually had that happen that, before. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Wow. Uh, the Killers will release a new album titled Imploding the Mirage in the spring of uh, 2020. The band revealed the news on Twitter along with the announcement of a 2020 UK and Ireland tour in support of the release, adding future musical teasing imminent. Uh, Imploding the Mirage will be the Las Vegas band's sixth studio effort and will follow 2017's Wonderful Wonderful. Uh, The spring tour will take place next May and June. Stops in London, Manchester, and Dublin. North America dates have yet to be announced. Slipknot has unveiled the first ever musical cruise dubbed Knotfest at Sea. The inaugural voyage will set sail from Barcelona on August 10th 2020. Okay. Uh, dude, I, yeah, ow. I have a bone, right? I have a bone spur by oh, elbow, no. and I just, I rested it on a, the part of the counter that just nailed it perfectly. I said, ow. Steve heard me mouth the word ow, or saw me mouth the word ow. I was like, ow. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, the inaugural voyage will set sail from Barcelona. Anyway. On August 10th, 2020, returning on August 14th. Knotfest at Sea will be headlined by Slipknot, who will perform two sets on board the ship with the full lineup and onboard experiences still to be announced. Knotfest. Uh, since its inception in 2012, Knotfest has expanded into five countries, including the U.S., Japan, Mexico, Colombia, and this year France, with the debut of Knotfest Meets Hellfest event. Uh, the Knotfest Roadshow Tour hit 30 cities across North America this past summer. So now they've added crews. It's crazy. Knotfest at sea. Imagine being at Knotfest and you really bought tickets for Hellfest. So that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It seems like the bands with uh, masked identities do really well on cruises. Sure, yes. Absolutely. Kiss. It's easier for them. They take the makeoff off and they can wander around the cruise ship and no one knows who they are. There you go. Queens of the Stone Age is uh, Josh Homme and the distillers Brody Dale, I guess that's how you pronounce her last name, it's spelled D-A-L-L-E, are ending their marriage after 12 years. Uh, Daly had, or Dale, had filed for legal separation on Friday. It's very sad news. Uh, <laughs> Homme and Dale married in 2007 and have three children together. It is sad, Gene. Yeah. A 13-year-old daughter named Camille, an 8-year-old son named Oren, and a 3-year-old boy called Wolf. Uh, a boy called Wolf? That is, yep, that's uh, their third child, a boy called Wolf. So they're calling it quits. I guess it can be tough. Apparently he's he's a bit of a handful. Yep, he is. But maybe she's a handful. Maybe they're two handfuls. Uh, she used to be married to Tim Armstrong from uh, Rancid. Uh, so, and, and apparently that was ugly, too, because... Tim thought that 
Josh stole her from him and blah, 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 and it got real ugly. So it ruined that point. friendship. It did. It ruined everybody's friendship. Now, since Gene made an appearance, I did have a kiss story. I was going to save it for last, but I'll dive right into it right Why now. Not? Go for it. Shoot the works, Brosey. Uh, for only the fourth time in the group's history, Kiss will perform as a trio. Oh, where? Yeah. Despite uh, scrapping their tour of Australia due to Paul Stanley suffering complications from a flu attack, one show will at least go on. So Gene Simmons, Eric Singer, and Tommy Thayer will play Monday tonight at a special benefit show on a glass-bottom boat. Oh, that's right. We heard about this, but Paul Stanley can't do it. Yeah, off the southern coast of Australia. Look, it's a Nautilus. Uh, <laughs> all proceeds will uh, benefit from the Australian Marine Conservation Society. You ever been on a glass-bottom boat? I have. They're well, pretty you, cool. They are really cool. Yeah. I love them. I'm a sucker for all that stuff. Yeah. And I have my, my uh, kayak. Yep. Yeah. No, they're pretty. it's pretty awesome, and especially if you go to tropical... Location. There's really you see good. only various colored fish, beautiful colored, beautiful colored uh, the fish. coral reefs and various things like that. That is true. Uh, nature at its rawest. Yeah. So Kiss is playing on a glass bottom on boat. a glass bottom boat. That's yeah. what it's. Uh, that's what it's become. Look at the chickens. Look at the chickens. <laughs> Look at that. The tuna is the chicken of the sea. <laughs> Corn frontman Jonathan Davis revealed that he was presented with the keys to the city of Miami on Friday. You're not- it still gets me. Although it's not clear why. Davis, just somebody just handed him the keys? Davis was bestowed. Just out of the blue, someone just handed him keys? I guess so, Gene. I don't understand it. Uh, it was not... It's not was under- he getting off his flight? It's not clear why Davis was bestowed the keys. The honor was awarded to him by Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. The ceremonial award is generally given to an esteemed resident or frequent visitor to the city. Corn <laughs> uh, begins a North American tour. Is he from the city? No. No, he's he... from California. Yeah. Uh, they begin the North American tour on January 23rd in Allentown, but strangely, Miami is not on the schedule. You're not... <laughs> but he's got the keys. Do whatever well, he wants. That's a crazy story. That's a head scratcher. That's a head scratcher. That's yeah. a noodle twister. Yeah. And then one last story. Chris Jericho. Yes. And the... <laughs> the, the the former wrestler. Yes, and the Christmas held. Now with uh, Fozzie. Led by Fozzie. Yes. Led, uh, so Chris Jericho and the Christmas Helves have released their cover of the Kinks' 1977 song, Father Christmas. Now, I did not know this, but do you guys know what that's, that song is about? It's about a guy being mugged. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I, Christmas. Yeah, give us some money. money. Oh. I did not know that that is what that is about. I've never stopped to really listen to the story in it, but it's, uh, it's written about a department store Father Christmas, Santa Claus, who is attacked by a gang of kids who tell him to give them money instead of toys. Jericho's version is now available on all major streaming services with all proceeds going to Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. So He was uh, hanging out with Kevin Smith last night, Chris, okay. Chris Jericho. Yeah, Where were they? Any idea? Uh, Tampa. Okay. So I don't know if uh, Jericho lives down there or not. but um, A lot of wrestlers live in Florida. They do, yeah. Hulk lives down there. The Hulk. Uh, Hulkster. Hulkamaniac. The Hulkster. <laughs> Maybe they Absolutely. swung down to Miami and Jonathan Davis opened up the, uh, the whole city for him because he has the keys. He's hey, Jonathan, open up this building. Or... 
What was the keys to the city? Well, I was going to say, maybe they gave him the keys. Maybe they gave him, you know, Key West, Key Largo. Oh, wow. That'd be fantastic. keys down there. What are you going to do with all that? Yeah. There you go. That's what I have for you. In music news this morning, uh, we will take a break. This is our last break before we return and get our first letter for the Word of the Week prize. So don't stray too far. We'll have a chance to win something pretty cool. Tell you about that when we get back. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Revivalists. Motionless and white. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Casey was just whistling at the end of that song. I always wondered if Tom himself was doing that part. I want, that's a good question. He was uh, singing those last couple of lines and did that little whistle at the end there or not. But, um, you know, little things like that. I always like to find out about recordings of songs that you've known for years and years and years and all the little little sprinkles of, of spice and things that they add in there and where they came from and who did what. One of, the, one of the wildest things like that, Preston, is from Dark Side of the Moon. And the guy said, you know, you... The guy talking is actually was a security guard at the recording studio. Yeah, they they interviewed just people. Yeah, well, like the receptionists and right. stuff. And, and you hear the girl go, "Oh, he was cruising for a bruising." You know. Yeah, it's just people that were they didn't grab. I thought they were from some sound effects library. Right, yeah. right. But it was people that were just around, and they were talking about, um, I guess, getting into fights or, or having confrontation and so on. And uh, the one guy goes, well, I certainly was in the right. He was talking about something. He got in a yeah. fight with somebody, and it was he He was, you know, he, he had every right to do it. And so they, they started, I, I saw the documentary that right, they covered right. it, and they played like the entire, they would just sit down and interview him and just had him talk about whatever it is they, they, they were asking questions about. And then they took small, tiny little snippets and then threaded them through the, the album. And those little passages from interviews have become iconic parts of songs that yeah. we just love. Of music. It's, yeah. uh, it's really cool. I love love looking into the, uh, the making of stuff when it comes to iconic albums and songs like that. I would like to say some thank yous. I'm going to start with our gang from Xfinity who came by. We had Jennifer Bellotta, uh Ken Sedberry, and Kelly Devine, and we launched the new uh, Xfinity Lounge. Yeah! So it is formally known as the Green Room. That's what we've always called the, the waiting area uh, for guests, uh, for listeners, anybody that may be about ready to come in, any kind of green room or also known as a hospitality room. It's, right. There's a few different names that you can use for things like at a lounge. Um, and we've just always called it the green room. But now our friends from Xfinity have have bought a sponsorship for that. I'm glad that it's an opportunity now because it, it means more money for what we do around here at MMR. And it looks great. They paid for this upgrade. It looks fantastic. It's all Done up with great uh, high tech uh, equipment. The monitors are the there. Furniture looks wonderful. Yes, so. it's it's an actual presentation that is that makes sense. It, it synergizes well with our air studio. Yeah. It's an impressive setup, and we love this. So when guests come in, they get treated accordingly. It's a presentation that's presentable. A, a, pre- yeah. a presentable presentation. That is correct. So it is uh, it is now known as the Xfinity Lounge. So thanks to those guys for coming by this morning. Thank you to John Dormont. Hey. John has his book out. We spoke to him a little while back about it. It's called Life is Magic, an Extraordinary True Story of Trauma and Transformation. It is available now. He has a book signing tonight at the Free Library of Philadelphia. Uh, Nick, do you remember what time that was? 7.30. 
All right, and uh, they're at 1901 Vine Street. And you can go to freelibrary.org for more information. But John's going to be doing the signing. Uh, he's such a great guy. He's doing wonderful. Uh, talk about a guy that has rebounded from uh, several uh, moments of adversity. You yes. Know, the murder of his mother, his heart condition. He went through a divorce. He's got all kinds of stuff. But still this positive, awesome force of just uh, of good guyness that he is. And through Ellen, he promised to help get us a gorilla. Yeah, he's so, going to work on getting us a Preston and Steve gorilla. Do you think at this point in, in his uh, life and career that he is a worldly known good guy? Oh, yeah, he's a yeah, worldly known good guy. Known at this good point, guy. yes. The promotion. Uh, and thank you to Duncan. Yay! Uh, Duncan brought by some uh, food for our guests that came by today and that were in the Xfinity Lounge and uh, all that good stuff. Quick question. Is this a thermos thermos to be poured into another cup? Or you don't you drink out that? of this? That's so cool. It is really cool. I use it for water. I have one, too. Okay, but you wouldn't. You would use this he... to pour into another cup, right? Because it doesn't appear like this is not meant for. The, yeah, I know you, you drink mean. out of it. Like if you put, can you? Yeah, but right. I do think it. You can put like Dunkin' coffee in it, take it with you. It'll keep it warm. That's what I want to do. Yeah, like, like the old, like the old classic thermos, right? Where where you used to screw off the top, and that was the cup. Right, right, that was right. The little yeah. Bug. yeah, yep, yep. That was always pretty. Those neat. were the days. Those were the days, weren't uh, they, sir? Sure. Remember those weird kids that had soup in their lunch? Yeah, in the thermos. Well, that was part of the deal. Yeah. yeah. It was it's like weird uh, about, what was weird about that? Oh my god, we got a thermos every year <laughs> of soup. Of soup, we will get a new thermos for Christmas every for year soup. for soup. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I had soup in my thermos. Not that weird. Freaking weirdos. Did what you mean, um, freaking weirdos? It was meant to keep keep things hot. What would you go with coffee? Yeah, yeah. coffee. No, who I brought soup to school lunch? Hey, son, the son, there's, a, there's a there's a quart of coffee in your lunch pail. <laughs> Brian McKernan always had milk with ice cubes in his thermos. I'm no, like, that's, that's weird. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, Brian bull McKernan. semen. That's weird. Let me call Bull semen would be weird. Oh, bull huh? semen, mom. What's with the bull semen? Plus, you got to keep that stuff on like dry ice. It's gonna yeah. be frozen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hi, Pierre. <laughs> what was um. <laughs> Uh, never mind. Okay. Um, oh, change the did subject. you ever Stay have? Um, uh, my mother used to pack <clears throat> uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in baggies, yes. and they would it, invariably get squished yep. and look horrible, but still yeah. taste delicious. Sure, sure. In if fact, we could get past that. There were certain sandwiches I liked better if you crushed them. Me too. Really? Right. A peanut butter and jelly was one of them. If really? it got smushed, yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't have that. My, so Kathy's right. A peanut butter and jelly. That's why those crustables were good for. If you crushed it down, for some reason it tasted better. Huh. Uh, my friends would always make fun of it, and um, so it, it put me off to it. But uh, they did taste delicious nonetheless. Okay. I only liked uh, Kaiser Roll sandwiches <laughs> crushed. Kaiser Roll sandwiches crushed? Yeah. Because the, the bread is so large. Mm-hmm. And he was a fan of the Ottoman yeah. Empire. Uh-huh. Right. I was thinking about the other day, just the whole the start of the, the soup thing. Uh, we were in a meeting. <laughs> We were in a meeting the other day. Oh my and God, that's Bill, right. Bill said something about, well, it's just soup. And Steve just goes, he hates soup. <laughs> Look at that, another example. What is with you and soup? It was so funny. Uh, you, listening back, by the way, on that, they did so funny. John, John O'Hurley as yeah. Bill West. I made uh, it the promo. Oh, God, uh, it was funny as yeah. a promo because I, I heard it originally and then I heard it when uh, the promo runs at various other shifts and, and tells people little snippets of what happened on the PNS show. And it was that guy, John O'Hurley, doing Bill and you guys cracking up. And 
Um, uh, and it was brilliant. Thanks. It was really good. Was, his, his, his reading was so good because I asked, I said, we asked, put it somewhere between uh, Peterman, the character that he did from uh, Seinfeld, right. and Ted Knight. Right. And he nailed it. He certainly did. Um, Bill came in later that day uh, and was visiting the the other studio where we work, 4F, Studio 4F, not fit for military service, uh, which it's actually our number is 4F. I don't know what the number of this studio is. Um, I don't know. J? It's 4J. It's, it's 4J. right out on the little placard outside. But be that as it may, uh, he came in. I said, so what did you um, think of the uh, um, presentation of your voice? And he goes, I don't dislike soup. And he <laughs> went into a whole thing on soup. He goes, one time I said, they, you know, they said they want to have a soup party, and it's going to be soup all over the place, soup all over the floor. And from that, they extrapolated that I don't like soup. I have no problem with soup. And I go, I, 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 I just was asking. You I just have to accept I it. I didn't need to. I didn't know the whole. I didn't know it was that traumatic for you. Yeah. Touched the nerve, man. It, it, it's I mean, great. I heard, every, I heard everything from, uh, you know, A to Z on the soup thing. Oh, it's I mean, great. It's great. Anytime uh, something with ranch comes out, you know, I, I feel his pain. Yeah. Right. Just, same just ranch, ranch dressing. Yep. yep. You get it. Every any, time. any sort of cups, right, Nick? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even use the word anymore. <laughs> I got a Hidden Valley pillow, Casey. Someone sent it to me. I specifically didn't send it to you. There's a, wow. There's a new thing on Instagram that I saw. It's a stocking. That's what it is. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it. You know, oh, really? It I'm surprised that somebody sent it to you. But the initial day that that whole soup thing took place yeah. and Steve was, was riffing on it. Steve, you had with the reverb. You were yeah. the Bill who's asleep having a nightmare. And the soup. There was the soup. Well, it, but he claims that he doesn't like soup. But then, just yeah. the other day in the meeting, he made another comment yeah. about not liking soup. He was like, "It's just soup." Like he, yeah, he was, was annoyed, he was throwing it off as a, as a donation but or something. Like the, that. When when was it you proposed the soup day or whatever it was that you were promoting? It was, it was the Super Bowl. Right? God, oh, God, and honestly, okay. we did it a couple of times. But I freaking loved that. I love soup, A, and B, and then the different types of soup, as dumb as it is, yeah. Yeah. because it just it was, everyone brought in these, I mean, like, awesome soups. Yes. Yeah. But Bill hates But soup, Bill was, was, like, tremble. But he, we, uh, he, he, soup, 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 He was more afraid, according to him, of it spilling all over the floor. Yeah, that was it. And he had, at that point, experienced a morning show that brought a pony. Uh, into yeah. uh, to present to Kathy, right? Uh, so uh, uh, you have to understand his blood pressure uh, and and how delicate it is. He's he's, he's pretty good with this stuff, yeah. I have to say, for what we've asked. But messes <laughs> are what that, that uh, it really gets under sticks <laughs> in his craw, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you will. So I don't think I could be roomies with him. <laughs> no. no, no, I doubt it. I don't think I could be roomies with most anybody except yeah. for Kathy. Yeah. She'd yeah. stab yeah. you to death in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'd be it. I was talking to Sarah Jackson's producer and our music director uh, on Friday, and uh, saying, you know, you and I could be a, a, maybe. Well, if I weren't like a thousand years older than you, and I, you know, a whole other yeah. series of circumstances weren't present. I mean, and she goes, "Never." I go, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "You're too messy. You're too organized. I could never ever be with you." I go, 
excellent. <laughs> just the right answer. Uh, just the answer I was looking for. Answer. Yeah, yeah. All I got. By the go. way, Sarah has been posting pictures of herself. Oh my God! That, Did you see um, that? Which normally you see after little... someone breaks up with someone. <laughs> trollop. And they're and they trollop. trollop? And no. Now, and then and they're on the market. She's been posting like really. Racy. Sexy, professionally taken photos. It's of after yourself. you become music director. That must be. <laughs> well, so you don't have to worry about. But honestly, you know what Rabbi fun. posted rabbi, those yeah. for years. <laughs> yes, Rabbi with a uh, a, a lacy yarmulke. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. he was just wearing those. That stole thing that they're <laughs> yeah, wearing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'll tell you this though. For a, this is for the rock chick thing, uh-huh. and, and she she is the real deal rock fan. What do you mean for the rock chick thing? This fits right into the rock. You know, oh, the, the yeah, rocking. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's always yeah. wearing something black, and, yeah. and she's uh, beautiful so, though, and yeah, we love her. Yeah, yeah, and very very uh, lush red lipstick and uh, and everything. But she's been she's been posting quite a bit lately. Yeah. Do we all to do that? Is, is that a thing now? You yeah. trollop. Those are some <laughs> petunias. <laughs> I will do it. All right. All right, we should do the letter of the day. That's it. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. Gotta be T as in trollop. All right, and (laughs) we have a four-pack of tickets as MMR Rocks Tool at Boardwalk Hall, Atlantic City, Friday night. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. They're playing tonight here in town. Uh, so what's coming up on the show? Today, well, we will do a block of said band tool. Um, I should be able to get to Atlantic City and uh, go into the swim in the ocean and get back before the second song is done. <laughs> uh, it'll be fun. I, they have long songs, and they're great fun to play, and people love them. And uh, we will be broadcasting live from there tonight. Jackie's broadcasting a show from there. A bunch of us are going. Jackson's going. I'm going. Uh, and uh, I've never seen them before. And I understand it's an, uh, Brent will obviously be there. And uh, it's an amazing production. I like a big show. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing them this evening. Uh, we got a block of Incubus. Uh, we got a block of Metallica for Kirk's birthday and much more. We have tickets for Kiss. Uh, the Thousand Year End of the Road Tour <laughs> will be coming August 29th to Boardwalk Hall. It's going to be spectacular. I don't I don't doubt it, Gene. Uh, and how many more years after that will the uh, Farewell Tour? There's only tour? 200 more shows. Okay, got <laughs> it. Okay. Over 17 years. So mm-hmm. uh, the Farewell Tour um, Part 7 will be in uh, Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City in August. I've got tickets this week. So yes. there you go. All right, thank you, Pierre. And uh, I'm going to thank our sponsors, Preston C. Show, brought to you today by Winter Airport Parking Fest. It's way in and out of Philly International Airport. And also Wilmington University. Experience the Wilm U difference by visiting wilmu.edu. Tomorrow, uh, let's see, we do have a Tattoo Tuesday taking place. We're working on the rest of the stuff, so make sure that you join us to find out what is up. That is it. We are done. Rage on. And have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Well, good morning, bitches. Another Monday. Get ready for another week. Let's do it. Next message. Old Hurley has got to be one of the funniest sons of bitches I have ever heard. Those lines from Bill Weston were absolutely fantastic. Next message. If the ball hits you in the hands. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.